Uh, hello and welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Um, again, we don't have our normal host. I am filling in. This is uh, Tim or Murdy, however you know me. Uh, I have a smaller pod again today. Uh, we have Kiara. Hey everyone. And Shannon. Hey guys. So even though there's only you know the three of us, I'm sure since Shannon is here, it'll be crazy off the rails and everybody will have a good time. So don't worry about it too much. <laughs> uh, we we have a big a kind of big show. Um, a lot went on in the middle of all this crazy SNSD stuff, which we will get to. Obviously, we can't skip it since it's such a big news story. But we're going to start out with some smaller stuff first, and we'll save that for the end of the show. In case there's no timestamps, now you know at the end of the show, it's going to be all Jessica. So, um, The first thing I want to get into are some of the comebacks that we're going to have this year. Uh, or I should say, soon. Uh, I'm not, I don't really care about the whole year, but soon. Uh, one of the comebacks slash debuts is uh, After School Rania. Rania? I don't know how... Rina, okay. Rina, okay. Uh, featuring Kanto. Her debut song is called I Know It's a Joke. Um, I'm not sure if anybody here is the After School fan. I kind of like After School. Me, okay. It's not Raina fan, but me. Okay. Okay, yeah. I, like I, thought, I thought everybody was an After School fan, but I couldn't remember completely. So I'm, I'm not like the biggest fan of her. I like her voice enough, but I'm super excited because Kanto from Troy is going to be on the song, so I'm going to listen to it. I'm, it's going to be my jam. And I liked her song with Sonny. I think she works really well with rappers. I don't know how you guys feel about it. See, I, I, I personally pity Kanto because he has to come in close contact with Kahi because she works in the same agency, and I'm pretty sure he's she's going to steal all of his youth because that's what she does. So I think he'll I like feel, it. I, I feel like kind of bad for him. I mean, how many members of Seventeen have disappeared and never to be seen again? I'm pretty sure she hates them. <laughs> So, I'm pretty sure she does it like a praying like a praying mantis, you know. She like gets her goods first and then she eats them. So Kanto's probably good. He's probably excited. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So I kind of feel bad for him, but she usually does hold her own when she does singles. So I look forward to it. As long as she doesn't chipmunk voice it, we'll be good. She has a solo album, I should say. It's called Reset. Uh, this is just the uh, title track, but she is getting a solo album. I'm excited for it because I did like the song with um, Sunny. I mean, it was in my top ten songs of the summer, so I'm excited to hear it. All right. Um, the next one is Crown Pop Subunit Strawberry Milk is set to release a song called OK. Uh, Best subunit name ever. <laughs> it's it's pretty cute. I I really dig their subunit name. Uh, they're getting a lot of attention though because one of the songs is personally written and produced by Way. It is not their title track, but Way is a member of 
the subunit Strawberry Milk. So I think that's kind of cool that they're actually going to have a song written and produced by them on their mini album. I don't know how much I care, but it is cool that we, we get to hear something from them. They're going to be so cute, and it's going to be adorable, and it's the twins, and they're the best ever, and it's going to be awkward and, like, ridiculous, and it's not going to make any sense, and it's going to make me so happy. And you basically stated all the reasons why I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, I'm, I'm sure it'll be, like, hobo chic, and I'll be super excited. It'll be like if Mary-Kate and Olsen made a music video. Yes! <laughs> really? <laughs> Except they'll probably be slightly less drugs, but the thought will still be there. That's what counts. Mm. I mean, for me, I don't know. Um, I like Korean pop, and it kind of this unit's kind of giving me orange caramel vibes. But so most likely, I'm going to love it. So let's see what they got. I like your honesty. I'm probably going to love it. Um, so next we have uh, Secret. Secret's uh, Jiyeon. I think she's the main vocalist, right? That's what they call her, or she's the lead vocalist? She's I don't the know, lead Korea. vocalist. Korea. Um, she is having a mini-album coming out, her first mini-album called 25, and her single is uh, Don't Look At Me Like That, um, but her title track is going to be called Beautiful 25. Uh, I don't know. I know Shannon is a big Seeker fan. Um, I finally listened to Don't Look At Me Like That, uh, and I dig it, so I'm cool. Uh, whatever happens, let's do it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm hoping it's more of a mid-tempo. I mean, she has beautiful ballads, and she's one of the few people that I actually give a shit about their ballads because her voice is amazing. Um, but I really, really hope she has a mid-tempo song because I think that will do better with the public. And I want her to be popular because if she's popular, then Secret will be popular, and then I'll get more Hyosung, and I'll get more boobs, and then I get more Secret boobs, and I get more Sunwa thighs, and then I get some more Zinger, and it'll be perfect, and it'll all be thanks to June, and then I can hug her and be like, you're the best! <laughs> I don't know what to say because you you cop, you drew me in with the uh, Hyosung thing, so now I'm like, okay, wh whatever, yeah, do it. <laughs> if that's the path, if that's the path, do it. And we get to listen to her beautiful voice. So it's like a win-win-win, triple win. Yeah, I'm like, she's not a bad there's singer no, at all. So. No I just don't like ballads very much. It just, it, they normally don't do anything for me. Me either, because I'm usually pretty boring. But June's voice is so pretty that it's okay, and I could just sit there and listen to her. And she could like sing me a song about cookies and crackers, and I would just stare at her in awe and be like, "You have such a pretty voice." <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jenna. <laughs> How do you well, feel you about guys it? Guys don't like song about cookies. Cookies are great. Who doesn't want a song about cookies? Cookie Monster's got a song about cookies. Everybody loves Cookie Monster. Why can't you have a song about cookies? Because Cookie Monster is the Cookie Monster. Actually, now he's not a Cookie Monster, and it's very sad. Because cookies are what a sometimes thing now, and I say, Bull! You're a Cookie Monster. Oh. Cookies are an every time thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I like the song, her song, um, Don't Look At Me Like That. 
um, I do like ballads, so I'm okay if it's a ba another ballad. But to be honest, I don't think so. I feel I kind of getting the vibe that it'll be a more up tempo type of song. So, well, I kind of hope it is because I do think that like if she if she releases another ballad, it's kind of it's not gonna do as well. So. Hopefully it's not, and I think people thought that um, Bang Young-gook was going to be part of the mini, but apparently he's not, so. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, yeah, look forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that it's not going to be uh, a ballad either. Uh, even though it's kind of the season for ballads, I think it's probably going to be something up-tempo. I'm just hoping it's not cutesy. I just, I'm so, I'm so done with that. I don't want that from them. I mean, maybe she can work it out as a ballad, but I think they look really awkward when they do cute things now. So I'm not, I'm not really feeling it. They're too grown up for me. I don't know. You might get cute because June and Sunwa like cute more than they like sexy. Yeah, yeah. I know, so. I know that the, the two of them like cute, and then the other two like the sexier or the more mature image, I should say, right? Yeah. Um. Moving on. Uh. The next J-Tune Camp group is coming out. Uh, their group is called Madtown. We kind of talked about them, I'm pretty sure. But since all of their members have been announced, uh, they are going to be a seven-member group. And their debut song is called YOLO. I swear to God, this is like a joke. Like, this is a hoax. Like, this, you can't have somebody named Toe and Buffy and release a song called YOLO. Like, no, this is not happening in real life. This, this is like a joke. And they're going to be like, psych! And I'm going to be like, alright, I feel better. Because if this is a real group, I seriously, like, they need to be, like, analyzed. Like, what is your problem that you're like, no, no, cool, Buffy's a good stage name, yeah, let's make a song, YOLO, yeah. There's also a guy named Moose, and he's yeah. the leader, and I'm like, I can't take that seriously, I'm sorry. I know there's probably <laughs> a bunch of, like, Madtown stands out there already before they've debuted. Your group has silly names, ask them to change it, please. You know what would be even worse? What if YOLO is like a cutesy comment? Like, I will die. It seems to have like a... Well, they said they want to have a uh, kind of hip-hop focused sort of image. And they're going to have YOLO? We're hip-hop. YOLO. Well, it did. YOLO did come from hip-hop. No. I mean, no. I, as much as hip-hop as you could call Drake, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you like hip hop that um, is basically just a guy crying about how his life sucks, then yeah, this hip hop. <laughs> and this is funny to me though, because I haven't heard that word in a good while now, so I thought it just completely died off. I so thought it was I, over too. So when I saw that that was gonna be their title, their song, their debut song, I was like, um, why are we bringing bringing this back? Well, apparently they've been preparing to debut for nearly two years, so I wonder how old this song is. I guess they were affected when JYP debuted GOT7 in January. Uh, so they basically said that they planned to be like the free-spirited version of GOT7, because GOT7 had a similar image to what they wanted or whatever. I think that it sounds like they're going to be the poor man's version of GOT7. Probably. What do you mean? God Seven is already free spirited. If they get any more free spirited, free spirited, they wouldn't be part of this world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they mean it for for their performances, though. Like if you watch God Seven's actual performances, they're they're very like 
technical and acrobatic and stuff, and they plan to be free-spirited, which probably means they're going to have the weakest choreo in all of the land, if they have (laughs) choreo at all. That's basically what they're saying. Oh, uh, we're going to have some weak choreo. So they want to be like the Jay Park of 2 p.m. Or I think they want to be the Big Bang of boy groups, (laughs) because Big Bang has some weak choreo, if you could even call it that. I don't think you can say that Jay Park's choreo is weak. I have a problem with that because he's a really good dancer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens when their music video drops. <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure when the actual debut date is, but uh, I'm curious just because it's from JTune, and I still have this hope that JTune will actually do something cool. I just, I just doubt it. I just really <laughs> hope at this twice. point, because it's so bad, I hope it's like Mystery Science Theater 3000 levels of bad, so it can be interesting. Eh, okay. So bad that it's good, right? So bad that it's good. And that yeah. you can have like a little team like cackling in the front, like watching it and making fun of it. It'll be amusing. Yeah, I could get down with that. I can get down with that. Um, the last comeback that I want to mention, or that I have put out here since I got host duty so late notice. Um, thanks, Ash. <laughs> um, Girls' Day is coming back. Uh, they plan to release a ballad for their next comeback instead of you know, their kind of sexier image that they've been doing slash interrupted with their last song. Uh, it should be released in the middle of October, and they worked with a double sidekick. I'm I know that he's popular, I just don't know what he's done, per se. But uh, I don't know how you guys feel about Girls' Day coming back with a ballad. I like that the article on Amona, the title is Coming for Girls' Generation's Crown. Uh, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. Even eight members of SNSD is going to outsell Girls' Day. Sorry. Say, I don't know that much about Girls' Day. I do like some of their songs. I don't know if they're strong enough for a ballad, but maybe they are and they just don't showcase it. But um, I don't remember them all having like a very strong singer. Like They have good singers. I just don't know if they're interesting enough that I won't fall asleep when they do a ballad. Yeah, that's what I'm kind I'm kind of there with you on that one. I watched their... They had like an acoustic... Uh, performance set after what is that song um, uh, what was the song that's not expectation or or their other one something? yeah something mm-hmm. they had an acoustic like concert type thing uh, and they did Adele's Rolling in the Deep uh, Mina and Sujin sang it and it, it I mean it's not Adele obviously but they sounded good they're not Great. Mina can hit high notes, I guess. That's their, I guess, saving grace. I don't know. I just don't know what they're going to do because they're not strong singers. Hayri isn't very good at all, and then Yura is not very good at all either. So I'm not I'm not quite sure what you're going to do with two singers that are good but not great to make a ballad. And it seems the overall netizen comments are, oh. <laughs> like, oh, ballad, okay. <clears throat> And that's kind of where I'm at, like, really? Can you do something that fits the image of your most popular member? Because Hayri's really popular right now. Why don't you do something that's, like, cute sexy? Because that's what people like her for. She's, like, cute sexy. Do something like that. Like, 
let her shine because she's your popular member right now. Go for her. I don't understand this ballot idea. It seems nonsense to me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I've never heard them like sing a ballad before, and from the performances I've seen them when they were promoting something, um, I mean, they have pretty decent vocals, but for a ballad, I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll make the song like to fit their level, so it won't be like any, it won't be like a ballad from like you know Hyorin or something. But um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Because, I mean, everyone's kind of pretty much already writing it off because everyone's saying that it's not going to work. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise us. I don't know. Uh, are there any other comebacks or anything like that you guys want to talk about? Yes. Y'all know where it. this is going. But this has been eight years in the making. Best comeback of this week so far. Pluto's a planet! Pluto's a planet! It's official. Harvard says so. Pluto <laughs> is a planet. Thank you, Jesus. Eight years. Eight years. Justice for Sailor Pluto. It happened. Real. <laughs> it just reminds me of, like, when, um, like, on Tumblr, like, every, there would always be this post about Pluto and, like, how depressing of it being not a planet anymore. Oh, my everyone God. Was Everyone was crying over it or stuff like that. I'm like, ah. Did you ever see that placemat? That placemat had me dying. There's some kids artist, and she made a little placemat, and it's the solar system, and it was the eight planets because Pluto wasn't a planet. But then at the very corner, you can see Pluto, and it's got like six tears coming down its eyes because it's not actually in the solar system. It's just in the corner. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, poor Pluto. Like, oh, poor Pluto. (laughs) Yeah, I seen that, but yay for Pluto. Yay. Something is still nine. Yes. Best <laughs> ultimate nine ever. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know that you grew prom trees for all that shade, but good job. <laughs> when one OT9 becomes one, one must fade. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Pluto became a planet, so SMSD had to die. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> um, before everybody kills me, uh, moving on. I'm gonna before we get to like kind of the more serious topics uh, on this topic of comebacks and uh, performances and all these groups. Uh, Teen Top recently went head to head against 2 p.m. Uh, to win a music show, and Teen Top won. Uh, after this, Jun K, our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Jun K of 2 p.m tweeted out uh, I I don't know how to pronounce this word at all Sajegi I guess, I don't know but um, he, you know, question mark and then hashtag everybody knows now what he is implying is it's a method of digital chart manipulation that some K-pop artists and agencies have been accused of Um, you know, they say that some people manipulate the charts to uh, make all kills, and that there's brokers outside that are paid by the entertainment labels to use multiple album or multiple accounts to buy songs in bulk and stream songs overnight to rack up the numbers. So basically, he didn't say it at anybody directly, but it's very suspicious that he says that when they were up for win and didn't win to Teen Top, 
and then hashtag everybody knows. And he deleted the tweet after posting it, but before it got re- got deleted, it got retweeted uh, uh, like at least 841 times and favorited 450 times in this picture. So <laughs> clearly, he didn't do it fast enough. Um, and I guess the Teen Top fans kind of went after him. And uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but this is pretty much the funniest thing that anybody's done in a long time. Uh, oh man, uh, I just I don't know, like, cause I also like the cause like two podcasts before this one, um, at the end of the podcast, um, I just blurted out before we said our goodbyes. I said, you, two two p.m. was robbed, cause it was just after when T Top won. But I was just you know joking. You know, just playing around, and like the next day was when this all happened, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I'm like, "Did I jinx this or something?" Like, <laughs> did me saying this started emotion? Did it make a ripple in Korea or something? Junkay was listening to our recording and was like, "She's right." <laughs> She's right. We have to do something. Yeah, but I was just like, all of a sudden, like I was seeing so much uh, stuff on my Twitter, uh, my timeline. And people putting all their two cents into it. And I just stayed quiet because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to hope this all blows down in the end. But, um, yeah, that happened. I mean, the whole hashtag everybody knows. Like, everybody took it and they made it their own. They were just like, try to make shades or whatever. And then they put the end everybody knows. It's <laughs> just like, oh, God, do What have you started? But, um, yeah, but Beautiful it's pretty trend. much. Yeah, but then, like, you know, because the thing is, like, all fandoms do the whole, you know, buy, the bulk buying thing. It's not a, it's not a secret. It's something everyone knows. And fandoms don't really look, don't hate each other for that because they know, like, every fandom does that, the whole bulk buying thing. But and what made me laugh though was like suddenly like, 2 p.m. fans were showing their receipts that they were that they were bulk buying, and they were like to Team Top fans, show, oh, "Where's yours?" or whatever. And everyone's like showing their receipts of buying all these. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Showing your your receipts of doing bulk bulk buying. Well, the thing is with fans, like, let's say you have a hundred fans and they all bulk buy, you know, for their group. It's not the same as these brokers because these guys are like big companies. You know that these bulk buys are like 10, 20 copies. You know, you know these brokers are like hundreds and hundreds of copies. So you bulk buy. Like fans, go bulk buy. Do your thing. Because most of those people like will give out the album or anything like that, all cute. Like that's fine because it's going to somebody using it. These people are just bulk buying it to bulk buy. Like They're not even using it. They're just like, ah, I don't care. Just, just buy it as many times as you can. Yeah, they were saying that. And they were like, oh, what? And then, like, they tried to spin it around saying that 2 p.m. fans were doing it. And they were like, why would JYP... Do-? First of all, the, all the out of all the comebacks in the JYP Entertainment, only one person won this year, and that was Sunny. And that was once. And that's it. Oh, JYP- that's right, huh? Because Hatfield didn't win. Yeah. Yeah, God Seven didn't win. Two PM didn't win. Fifteen. God Seven still win. hasn't won. No, they haven't won. The only person who won in JYP this year was Sunmi, and that was for Full Moon, and that was like for and just once, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That was because us wonderfuls, like we went hardcore on the whole um, with the whole SNS um, votes and uh, points. We went crazy for that, and that's why she won. <laughs> um, but um, but other than that, so it was just like. 
I'm like fans bulk buy, but JYP has no reason to bulk buy. <laughs> you know, they're artists. So. And then the, the thing that that's that not the out. artists they would bulk buy either. They would bulk buy GOT7 because they haven't. They're new, and they're what they're pushing right now. Like that would make the most logical sense for them to bulk buy to. Not 2PM. That's gonna be successful no matter what. They don't have to win. Like realistically, 2PM doesn't have to win. They're established at this point. Yeah, and I think they actually did better this promotion because I think for their last one they hardly were nominated. So even if so. Yeah, what their last one was um. Attitoy, right? Yeah, and that song, that song bombed, unfortunately. Well, wasn't that also because it was still like fresh in Koreans' minds that Nick Hoon had like that drunk driving scandal? I mean, I know it was like a year later, but I just remember like all the articles were like, "Oh, it's the drunkard." I was like, "Yeesh." Yeah. When is something not fresh in Korea's mind though when you mess up? Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was that situation, but I was just like, I'm waiting for this thing to just like die down a bit and then it's like apparently I heard rumors that you know like T-Top fans were like you know damaging 2pm CDs and like showing it around I don't know if it's 100% true because I didn't see it myself but I saw people comment and if I saw that I was like man that's nothing like y'all didn't see back in 2009 when that whole Jay Park thing happened like them hottest that turned into coldest you know all their all their <laughs> That's what we call them, like, when those fans, that they are coldest. Those who became anti-2PM, they were coldest. So, I That's like, awesome. Well, I, I didn't know they had a fan club name. <laughs> it's the dopest. Yeah, but um, also I was like, whatever. But it kind of dined out, I guess. So. And I mean, I mean, whatever. I just take it as whatever. I didn't say anything about it. I just let everyone say whatever they wanted to say, and I'm like... Uh, by next week, this show die, and it did because the whole Jessica thing happened. So, <laughs> yeah, Jessica cover thanks, up. Thanks, It's JYP. Thanks a lot, JYP. You made this yeah, cover J- up. Yeah, JYP was like, oh, okay, yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. we need to fix this. <laughs> poke the bear, poke the bear, make him j- quit. Yeah, I mean the thing got so out of hand that like even Taegyeon had to like go on Twitter and make this and say like, okay, hottest angels, let's all calm down now, you know. Let's all be friends. Let's just let's forget about this. And you know another thing? I think one of them angels kind of did some voodoo on 2 p.m. Because earlier this week, um, Jun K hurt his clavicle or whatever, like while he was um, rehearsing for for their concert because they they just started their concert tour. And then yesterday or like this early this morning for us here. Um, they had their con- they were doing their concert and Wu Young fell off the stage, like he fell in like he fell off the stage. So I'm, I'm t- I think Angel like kind of put some voodoo on 2 p.m. so they can get your hair. Voodoo <laughs> angels, watch out! <laughs> uh, yeah, be careful, be careful because you get never. Ya. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh my God, I can't get over this shade. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just want to hashtag everybody knows, like, everything mean. <laughs> um, so, uh, and I guess I guess this is probably moving to more serious uh, news now. Julian Kang, who is an actor, um, I guess, I don't know anything that he's been in, but I'm not the drama expert here. We, but we do have our drama expert. I don't know if that is going to help. Uh, uh, yeah, he was in um, uh, uh, Kick. Through the roof, or that drama with that crystal wasn't also 
Oh, okay. There you go. See, look, it's always it's always handy to have somebody who watches dramas. Got everything. Uh, he was caught um, wandering around the street in Gangnam, intoxicated, while wearing only underwear and an undershirt. Uh, I guess he fell asleep at one point, it's, and people saw him. He also went to a convenience store and <laughs> picked up all the chairs and cleaned up the tables and stuff, but he was just wandering around ridiculously drunk. Uh, they picked him up because they thought that he was on drugs. He was, And there was a big you know, outcry because... There's, I don't even, I don't even know if there's. <laughs> I bet you'd like ibuprofen is illegal there. No, but drugs is, are like actually. a big. <laughs> That's crazy. It's also drugs illegal in Japan. Yeah, you can't get ibuprofen. I have to sneak it in for my friend all the time. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, wow, that, that's not even a joke anymore. Thanks for killing my joke with the truth. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, accidental truth over here. Uh, so, so they uh, picked him up because they thought he was on drugs. They drug tested him, and he was found uh, negative, so he was just really drunk. And pretty much the minute that it was announced that he was really drunk and not super high, everybody sort of looked at the funny of him being really drunk. Now, I know that there's going to be people out there that have a problem with it, especially because we prove that, like, this proves that the way people are on alcohol is kind of similar to the way people act on drugs, so... You know, people are always going to jump to the how do you justify drugs or how do you justify alcohol when people are just as bad, if not worse, on alcohol than they are drugs. Uh, but the big thing that people I feel like don't really know is, uh, and you see it when people talk about it, but drinking in Korea, from my understanding, and I have a loose understanding. I've had friends that live there. I've never, I've never been there. I've never lived there. Uh, but just watching. Older idols talk about it, talking to my friends who have lived there. Drinking in Korea is very social and not really frowned upon. Once you're of age, it's not a big deal. You'll see older idols tell their dongsangs they're going to take them out for drinks or let me buy you a drink and things like that. And you see idols that are older and they talk about the way other, other their other members and things like that are when they're drunk. It's, it's a very big social activity. And it's not frowned upon as much as it's becoming in the West, where people are kind of trying to band against it. Um, so I think you, I think people have to really keep that in mind when they address this topic and the way netizens quickly turned, and the way the public quickly turned to seeing the positives of what he did, or not the positives I should say, but the comedy in what he did, as opposed to like, oh, he's acquitted of drugs but he still was super bad. Why aren't we talking about him being super bad? People there, there's a lot of times where you will go outside of a club at the end of the night and there's people like throwing up or passed out on the street in the party the party areas. Not everywhere, you know, not every bar is like this. But I have friends who have told me, you know, they'd be in uh, Itawan and things like that and they'd be around the party clubs and the, the really big popping clubs and they'd walk outside and they're be drunk people just passed out on the street or throwing up and their friends are trying to get them in the car and police aren't really bothering with them because they're not hurting anybody they're just there they're just there to make sure people don't run off drunk driving and things like that that's the bigger concern um, and in my opinion even that should be the big focus is trying to get drunk drivers off the road 
but it is worth noting as we get into this topic, you do it needs to be kept in mind that it's not as big of a deal as it would be here if we had a celebrity who was super drunk walking around half naked, disturbing the peace essentially, and I'm saying that with quotes because it doesn't seem like he really did anything super bad. Um, it seems like he just had a night where he got really drunk and made some mistakes to me. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Oh, Shannon, how do you feel about this? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, to me, I think it's like ridiculous. I think it's hilarious. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've always like, if you're gonna have a good time and you're not gonna hurt anybody, I mean, I really don't give a crap what you do as long as you're not hurting anybody or hurting yourself. Like, do what you do. Like, I've done it. I don't recommend it um, as a regular thing. Um, but I mean, I mean, for me, it's hard. To, to reconcile the extreme drinking culture in Korea with what I've grown up with. Like, drinking has always been, at least where I live, is something like, it's social, you have a good time, but you don't get, like, shit-faced. Like, you, it's, just, it's no fun for anybody. And then you look at Korea, and, like, every time they go out, it seems like, especially, like, when you watch dramas and stuff, like, they're always getting shit-faced. And I don't know if that's, like, what happens all the time in Korea, but that's what they advertise, and it's just good fun. I'm like, that's not good fun. That's, like, a terrible time. That's no fun for anybody when it's happening. It's no fun in the morning when you don't know what the hell you did, and there's no fun cleaning up after. So it's hard for me to sort of, like, and I know, like, that's very common, and I know that they don't seem it as bad, but it's hard sometimes for me to wrap my head around something that I'm just like, dude, like, you do that once, and you don't do it again. You go, dude, that wasn't fun. Like, let's, like, tone it down a notch next time to, oh, let's go do it again. I puked. Okay, keep drinking. No, stop. <laughs> when you're puking, you need to stop. <laughs> it's like, game over. Game over. Time to, like, let it go. Like, and I guess it's just because I've been, like, it's been, especially in America, uh, it just gets shoved down your throat, you know, you get shit-faced, you make stupid decisions, you drunk drive. So we've just come at this point in America to associate getting shit-faced with, you know, drunk driving, with, you know, personal damage to death, to um, hurting somebody. And I think that that association for me is just, they're like tied together so hard, it's hard for me to kind of reconcile seeing people be like, oh, <laughs> good times, and move on. I'm like... I I mean, I know he made a public apology, but they seem to kind of, like, brush it off like they didn't even need one. Like, to me, that's something, like, you go, like, yeah, he didn't hurt anybody, and he was just, like, move, but you do apologize, and, you know, you take that, and you, like, and you don't do it again, but they seem to be like, eh, if he wants to do it again, that's fine. Go for it. So, I don't know. It's hard for me to kind of, like, wrap my head around that with what I've been brought up culturally-wise. Hmm. I mean, as for me, like, when I read the news, I was just like, oh, my gosh. I was ready to see, like, negative comments, ready to see, like, you know, netizens hate on him. But I just saw, like, netizens, like, laughing, like, going to and um, just sort of like, oh, that's embarrassing, but so funny, and, you know, oh, whatever. And then, like, I mean, even some netizens were, like, sharing, like, their junk stories or other people's junk stories. Like, one guy was, like, uh, I had a... I knew someone who, whenever he was drunk, he would go and shampoo other people's hair and take them to the bathroom and shampoo their hair. And, you know, so, like, netizens were kind of taking this as funny and fun. And I was just like, well, as long, I mean, in my, in my eyes, I feel like it's okay if you get drunk. 
not every day or very like all the time, but if this is like once in the like once in every blue moon type of thing for you, then I guess it's okay. But just as long as you don't hurt yourself or others around you, which is hard though, because when you're drunk, you know, you don't really have any control over your over yourself. Like you don't know what you're doing, to be honest. Um, so, but I mean, I don't know. I just I kind of laughed at the situation, but I am glad that he did apologize for it. Um, and I'm sure he feels like really embarrassed about it, because I mean, you were so, you were close to being like that guy from that J the Japanese group Snap. The guy who was completely naked and was drunk in the park, saying, "There's nothing wrong being naked," you know, which <laughs> that's so awesome. You know, which completely shamed him. Like he, like he apologized, and then he, he kind of had to take kind of a small break from the entertainment business because like, it, it was such a huge deal in Japan, and like he apparently he didn't like have not drink one uh, ounce of alcohol until like maybe like a few years later. Because this happened a few years back. So, you know, I thought it was going to kind of go that same road where, like, people were going to be mad and stuff. But no, people just took it as, medicine took it as fun and joke. And I was like, oh, well, I guess, okay. That's how you guys rule. But, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, he didn't hurt anybody. He made a fool out of himself. Uh, a lot of netizens were saying that he was drug tested and it was such a big deal because he is foreign. Um not necessarily because they actually suspected that he was on drugs, because the police statement said he smelled a lot like uh, alcohol when they when they caught him. So there's that too. Uh, a lot of people just found the comedy in it, and I guess it's weird because I know in America if we had the same thing, there there would be some like they, people would think he was an alcoholic. That's He'd what, be going to rehab. Yeah. They would be like, yeah. drug and alcohol write a song about training. how he's not going to go to rehab. One of the two would go down. Like you can't. Right. It's one or the other. Um, but in in Korea, it was like, oh, this is funny. And I bet part of it is like a lot of these netizens at this point are probably within the age of drinking. You know, drink, the drinking age there is pretty young. They're probably they've probably been in this situation or something close to it, right? So they can relate more so than than just hate on it and see the bad because it is bad to get that drunk that you do stupid things like that. There's nothing good about getting that drunk. Yeah, he didn't puke everywhere and all that that we saw, but it's still bad that he got so naked. And I guess it's nice that he has manners and cleaned up and stuff, but he still got really naked. <laughs> That's the sticking point. If he if he had just been that drunk and like in shorts and a shirt, I'd be like, okay, well he kept his clothes on. I mean, it's not, not a big deal. Sometimes you get drunk in public. I don't know, but I, I I don't know. I think it's funny that it was so quick, and I think it's a a good way to showcase the fact that this culture is very different from Western culture. And that's one of the things that I, I feel like people don't realize is that the drinking culture there is very different. It's not that big of a deal to get drunk a lot or to get really drunk when you get drunk, you know? Like, that's what people do. People get really drunk. They get really hammered in Korea. And it's just part of, it's part of their culture. It's not seen as, as, as big of a deal as it's seen here. And I don't think it's beaten into their heads like it is for the Western people because it's the same for me. Getting that drunk was like, if you get that drunk, you're going to get behind the wheel and kill somebody. 
you know, who's going to stop you? And it was always, put your keys away. Like, give somebody your keys. That was what they stressed in my town. They knew people were just going to get that drunk, so they were like, give your keys to somebody. Give somebody your keys. Don't be the one to drive. Have a, you know, have a designated driver, all this stuff. And I don't know if the culture is the same in Korea. I don't, I, I don't know anything about how they're taught, like, what they get in class and stuff, but that's what we got. And that was kind of the deterrent for getting super-duper plastered because a lot of people would be like, oh, man, I have to drive home. I live so far away. I can't get super hammered, you know? Yeah. So it's really I know they have, like, that... I know it's really common to be able to hire a driver that will drive you and your car yeah, to your I've house. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, they have, like, D&D chaperones. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a big thing. Like having calling, having those people to call that can drive your car, or they just pick you up, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. If you have an alcohol problem in your city, that's what you need. You need those guys. Lyft and uh, what's the other one? The other cab company um, that came out. Oh man, there's another one. Um. But there's like, you know, it's like a cell phone app and you can hit it and they'll come pick you up. The bigger company has a program with Dare, which is the drinking uh, awareness thing. But they will, you pay a reduced price to get home on the party days, to get cabs home on the party days. It's to encourage people to not drive their car to, you know, shell out like the $15 or whatever it is to get home for some people. Some people it's like 8 but I think that's really cool, and um, I'm glad that Korea has stuff like that already. You know, they they were already on top of it because they knew that they had this problem. I bet, like I bet it's part of that culture that they're raised in. They realized. Um, but uh, moving on, so we don't stick on this topic too long. Um, we have G Dragon striking again as his uh, beautiful alter ego, G Dragon. He posted really, a picture. I'm pretty sure at this point G-Dragon is the alter ego. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Uh, he posted a picture on his Instagram, and it is a heart, and it says Molly, and people suspect that it is written. The heart is made out of Molly, and they just, you know, fingered the name Molly into the middle of the heart. Uh, he quickly deleted it, but there's no such thing as quick enough. <laughs> so... Netizens definitely freaked out about it. Um, had to bring up more drugs from G Druggen, who's already had a pot smoking scandal in which he said it was just a funny smelling cigarette uh, <laughs> that no one bought. Not a single person bought. I don't buy it. Um, but uh, yeah, so G Druggen strikes again. How do you guys feel about this? Such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically how I feel about it. Like, I'm not going to lie, at first I had no idea what the scandal was, because I had no idea that Molly was another name for ecstasy, because um, I live in a box in a rock in a little state called Maine where there's more cows than people, so I was like, Humber? What's Molly? Who's I that? I was like, I don't understand. Is that like a girlfriend, and people are pissed he's a girlfriend? And I was like, oh, because the only things we have here are pot and uh, monkey dust. Don't do monkey dust, people, whatever What's you do. monkey dust? Um... It's uh, it's actually not illegal in every state. It's only illegal in like 12, but it's some kind of hybrid drug, 
and essentially um, you get high for like four or five hours and you're paranoid as shit for about seven to eight days. Oh. Um, yeah. That does not sound like fun. Uh, we've had people, <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. We It's finally illegal because we had like a girl get caught in a stream dorm um, and she was literally stuck in a sewage drain for three days um, because she was on monkey dust and she thought that there were aliens that were going to eat her. Um, turns out she was just looking at plants. Um, so she thought <laughs> there are no plants. Um, yeah, that was a good time. They had to literally so cut the sewage drain So basically what you're open. saying is she was like... Uh... Oh, she was gone. And, like, they, like, tried to get her out, and she was resisting because she also thought that they were the aliens that were going to eat her. So, yeah, it was a good time. It smelled like shit in my town for, like, seven weeks. Um, <laughs> don't do monkey dust. Don't do it. Don't. The love of cult. It's also called bath salts, I think. Oh, bath salts. Okay, you could have said that. I would have totally Well, that's what, what it's called about. up here. It's monkey dust. Oh, don't okay. ask me why. Don't. I don't know. I don't we're weird. Maybe it's that's what Canadians call it. I don't know. Yeah, anyways, back to G-Dragon and Molly. Yeah, so he's an idiot. That was yeah. the long point of that story. <laughs> of all the things, I mean, he it's not even like he's like Korean American or like There's American no and doesn't understand is illegal that, no matter where. Right, but I mean it's not like because you know if that happened here people would be like, "Oh, you're an idiot." And then it would wash over. Like, right. it wouldn't be that huge. Like, it's like, hello, you can't even, like, look at a pot leaf without, like, your career being, like, seriously hurt. And you're going to put a, a picture of ecstasy and think nobody's going to know what that means. And that's not good. Like, what the hell was he thinking other than not thinking, which is his best thing that he ever does. But he's an What's idiot. kind of funny to me is, like, I, I agree you can't, like, look at a weed plant and not get in trouble or anything like that. But it's funny to me that in that, uh, what is that song called? I don't remember what, You Got Some Nerve? It was, like, a collaboration between Ellie from EXID, uh, Field Dog from Big Star, and Junhyung from Beast. Junhyung wore a hat that in, like, big, huge letters across it said weed. And... People just let it go, pretty much. It was like, oh my god, his hat's stupid. And then it, it, it was just gone. And I don't know if it's because he was with two, like, irrelevant people. So people were like, oh, whatever, who cares. But it's like, he wore a hat that... at that Most people get in trouble for that hat, and they kind of just let it go. Like, I don't know if it was some good Beast cover-up or what, but that's... I'm still Probably impressed. Probably because nobody cares. I guess. But people do care about Junhyung. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed weird. I'm, I'm what, impressed they got away with it. You know what this reminds me of? Um, I don't know if you guys saw, like, Girls' Generation's debut music video. Um, and in the video, a uh, former member, Jessica, um, she oh. has... <laughs> oh. <laughs> she oh. has a knife. Did we you? haven't got there yet. Uh, oh. But um, she has a, a necklace on, and I believe it's, you know, the weed, the leaf. Uh-huh. And, like, I don't think nobody has ever said anything within the history of K-pop. At least I've, ne I've never seen anyone actually mention it or, like, make an article out of it. But I see it, and I was just like, okay, I guess. I mean, this is back in 2007 where K-pop was still, you know, considered innocent, and I guess nobody really thought of it like that. In terms of the Hollywood wave, it was in its infancy, so it probably, I mean, probably got swept under pretty easily. Yeah. 
whenever I see that video, I just see that necklace, and I'm just like, <laughs> why? <laughs> but, yeah. Continue. <laughs> um, okay. Well, basically, moral of the story, don't, don't be talking about drugs if you're an idol. Come on, guys. Don't, come on. Otherwise, everybody's going to get their chairs and their popcorn, and this is going to be good. Mm. Especially if you're in a company that apparently is getting a lot of like flack because of drugs. Yeah, uh, which is funny <laughs> because uh, there was another person from another label who did like an AMA and they were talking about drugs and K-pop and if there's a lot of it and he was like more than you could imagine and I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting to me. So I think that's a very interesting topic that. that if we can ever get more details about, I would totally love digging into because um, we've had some drug scandals, uh, just not a ton of them. And most of the time, if you have a drug scandal, uh, you might as well be dead because you're done. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I guarantee you it's stuff like Adderall and stuff that keeps them awake and going. Like, there's no way they have those schedules and they're not on something. I'm sorry. You can't live for six years on three hours of sleep a day yep. without something. Totally agree. Yep. <laughs> No, I'm on board with that. I totally agree. Especially because they don't get vacation until like three years into their career and stuff. So. Yeah, they just put it in their IV. No, it's cool. It's just it's nothing. Don't worry about it. It's it's just a little pick me up. <laughs> um, so our next topic. There's more uh, more <laughs> emerging details or not emerging details, but the story of um, Kim Hyun Jong's douchebaggery continues. Uh, he. After the charges were dropped, the civil charges were dropped, because there was an assault charge, the government did step in to formally uh, charge him for assault, because that's illegal. Uh, it's not a civil case at that point. That is uh, assault, um, I believe is what they're actually going to charge him with. So that's a actual charge that you do not need to press charges to get somebody convicted for. Especially, and uh, I don't know how I don't know if it's the same in Korea, but I know in America it is a very easy way for people to step in when somebody doesn't want to press charges because they're scared or nervous or in love. Uh, you'll often see the government or the I should say the police um, step in to charge a person with assault to get the case out of the assaulted hands and get it into the hands of people who don't have the same kind of feeling towards the person who did the assault. Uh, so he is going to come clean of all charges except one assault charge against his girlfriend. Uh, out of the four charges that were filed by the ex-girlfriend, three were dropped after the signer, which is the girlfriend, of, or uh, sorry, the uh, that's Hyun Jung, apologized to her. The only charge that was referred to the prosecutor's office was the assault charge that gave the woman an injury of a two-week recovery period. Among the four cases that were reported, the portion of the assault charges said there that Kim Hyun Jung acknowledged was forwarded to the prosecutors on September 29th, a local police said. Uh, the apology came three weeks after the woman filed charges against Kim, accusing him of beating her on multiple occasions. The 28-year-old's idol... The 28-year-old Idol's then-girlfriend claimed that Kim attacked her several times between late May and mid-July and left her with bruises and broken ribs. The violence broke out while arguing with Kim over woman issues at his home uh, in eastern Seoul, she said. 
Kim, however, only partially admitted to the charges during the September 2nd questioning by the police um, in southeastern Seoul. Kim acknowledged that he had used violence against the woman only once and accidentally rejecting the accusation of repeated assaults against her. Um, so basically, this is actually becoming a real case. Uh, it's not going to be a civil case. It will be a uh, actual... I don't know what the proper term is for it because it's not a federal case. I'm not sure what the proper term is. I'm sure there's somebody out there that does know. <laughs> but either way, I'm not sure exactly what he could face. I'm I'm betting he's still looking at a fine. It's going to be a fine. Yeah, because that's what the other guy who got uh, convicted of domestic abuse got was a, a big fine. Uh, quotations. Yeah. He was like... I don't remember how much, but it's probably just going to be a fine. It's not going to be jail time. I know everybody's kind of hoping, or well, I know a lot of Western fans are hoping that it's jail time. Unfortunately, that's not how assault works in Korea, and I do mean that unfortunately because I believe if you hit a woman, you belong in prison. At Sorry, least. I've given up on jail time. I'm still hoping he gets like gonorrhea that's incurable and his dick falls off. That's the kind of justice that I'm going to hope for now that's more likely than jail time, but... It'd be really amusing. Can we just break his legs? Why do you gotta go to the the goods falling off, man? No, no, he deserves it. I mean, I think he's a scumbag too, but like, I don't, I just don't want to hear about that. (laughs) (laughs) Not in front of me. When I'm not on the podcast, you can say all that stuff and just tell me not to listen to it. I don't want to hear about it. He's a scumbag, but Jesus, that hurts me. Cover your ears. (laughs) Yeah, give me a warning next time. He feels it too. <laughs> yeah, it hurts me. It's like when people are like, "Oh, somebody just needs to like tie him up and kick him in the nuts." I'm like, "Oh, while I might agree that hurts me, don't tell me it. Just do it on your own time. <laughs> Make your evil plans on your own time, okay? I'm I'm innocent here. Don't don't cover your ears, down. Tim. Cover your ears. And Thank remember, you. ladies, if you need to cut a dick off, use a serrated knife. You can't reattach that one. That is what we learned from the 1990s when that lady cut her husband's dick off with a quick kitchen blade. You can reattach those. So use a serrated one. <laughs> the, that's the guy who became a porn star, right? Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. So um, that was the lesson of the day. Serrated is your friend. So, yeah, basically, um, you're you're an evil person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> Kira, how do you feel about this whole engine business? I don't know if you have anything more to dish on it since we kind of did go into it before. Um, pretty much, I'm just, I really wish that one day I'll wake up, I'll go on a Mona, and I'll see that an article saying he was sentenced to jail. Like, that's all I just really want. <laughs> or at least to never see him again on any drama or TV show or anything. But that's such a dream because I know soon enough he'll just probably get a fine or whatever. And then he'll be back, you know, with his music or whatever. Which, you know, it kind of shows in the end that, you know, these guys just get away with anything. And it's just sad. It's a sad reality. But, yeah. I just never want to see Kim Hyung. I didn't, I didn't want to, I never want to see Kim Hyung Joon's face. I less want to see it now. So, there you go. Yeah, I'm there with you. I never wanted to see his face anyway, so I'm not hurt. He's an awful actor. He's not even interesting. He can get out. Go home. Nothing of value has been lost this whole time. Yes. 
Um, so the next topic is kind of, um, I guess it's a topic that I think a lot of people have been curious about, and we finally got actual news about it. Uh, they finally kind of, or well, an article was released talking about the estimated expenses to debut a five-member idol group. Now, I'm not going to go through every single little bit of what they pay for, but I'm going to hit on the things that are, in my opinion, very important um, because they're either ridiculous or I can't believe that it's a charge. Um, the first one is the $3,000 for... Uh, this is all converted into USD, for, for the record. Um, $3,000 per month for food and snacks. It's just... Snacks for the staff? I guess. They don't even elaborate to what it's for, right? So It can't be for just those five members. I mean, they don't feed them anyway. Like, they're, like hell, they're spending like $600 a person for a month on food for them. Yeah, I, I, I literally... I can't believe that. That's just so such an en enormous amount of money. Right? Like, how many of those girls, and especially the girls, are in, like, paper cup diets? There's no yeah. way you can fit 600 food, $600 a month of food in a paper cup. That's 30 paper cups. You can't do it. I don't care if you're eating filet mignon. You cannot fit $600 of filet mignon in 30 paper cups. Yep. Um, the next one that I find really funny is rap training is $1,000. Uh, first of all, rap training, come on. <laughs> I'm like I'm side eyeing my screen so hard, and I realize that it doesn't translate into <laughs> into this podcast format. Really, a thousand dollars for bunk rappers who can't rap. You're not training them in nothing. You're just teaching them how to talk fast. Come on, you're not paying. Don't don't pay no a thousand dollars to learn how to talk fast. I could teach you how to talk fast for free. Okay, you just say words very quickly. Congratulations, you're a rapper in K-pop. <laughs> my name is Minho. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not. They don't even write. That's the. That's the part that drives me nuts. It's not like they're writing these parts. It's not like rap training is like. Okay, we're gonna teach you how to write, and you're gonna write your own parts. Most of these guys are just like, oh, I'm just gonna go over. I bet their rap training is like, okay, we're gonna do this verse from this song 30 times until you can do it without messing up. Ready, go. Now do it in a different rap voice. Like I bet you that's all it is. And it just, I can't even. I, I don't understand. Now squint with your left eye and stare yeah. with your right. Now re yeah, reverse yeah. it. Reverse <laughs> it. Now do rap hands. Rap hands. <laughs> I just <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is, but it's stupid and it's robbery, as far as I'm concerned. Um, beauty and plastic surgery, ten thousand dollars. Now I bring this up, and this one in particular because I know that there is a lot of groups that have been victim of plastic surgery when they didn't want to get it. And now, I think, in fairness, this also includes all the hair treatments, all the skin treatments. And right, right. It's beauty. It's beauty yeah. and plastic surgery, right. So it's not, it's not just... But again, a lot of the time, the hair that they get isn't the hair that they want. Right. So this is still things that they don't want, typically. You know, obviously, I bet there's a bunch, a bunch of people who have gotten things done that they did want. Um, and, you know, kudos to them. There's, I know that um, having double eyelids is very well loved, so there's a lot of artists that get double eyelid surgery. Now, double eyelid surgery isn't even that expensive in Korea. This is very important. But 
regardless, you know, I'm sure a bunch of them are getting it before debut, debut or after debut, whatever. And if that's what you want to do, if you want to do something for yourself to make yourself beautiful, as I've said before, you do you, boo-boo. It doesn't mean I'll like it. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. I only voice my opinion. So if somebody gets something done that I don't like, I'm not saying that they're wrong for getting it. I'm saying that I don't like it or that I think maybe they get too much done. So... Again, if they do it for them, that's fine. But what bothers me is I think a lot of people get it done because their label goes to them and says, you know, you'd look better if your nose wasn't so big. Or you would look better, you know, if you had double eyelids. Or you would look better for this if your legs were skinnier. And it's and then they, they have to do the drastic thing of getting liposuction or getting plastic surgery. And they're doing things to their body that they might not otherwise do or they didn't have an insecurity about before. And that's what bothers me and I know that it's I know people could say it's hypocritical because I do say when I don't like somebody who's gotten something done or I do say this person is prettier than this person I get that but I also don't have any power <laughs> I have zero power I'm not a CEO I don't care when fans do it when CEOs say that kind of stuff and CEOs make you do these kind of things that's totally different to me and that is way more damning on them like, I don't know what it would be like if at my company I had to be good looking and they told me I wasn't good looking enough and I would be better looking if I got my nose fixed or something like that. I would be devastated because these are people, and I, I'm not on contract with them. This is important. I could just leave. You know, my reaction could be like, huh, bye. <laughs> you just leave. But these people can't do that. You can't just leave. So there's all kinds of ways that you can bully people in that when you have that kind of power to force them into getting something done. And the fact that they also have to pay for it is just mind-blowing to me. I don't, I don't understand that. The one that I don't think I could... Like, I can see, like, somebody wanting a nose job or a double eyelid, or but the one I can never understand, and I, I just, like, it just makes my skin crawl, is the jaw shaving thing that's incredibly common with idols. Like, so many of them get their jaw shaved. Like, ow! Like, I just... Just, like, ugh! Like, I, I can't like wrap my head around why you would let somebody cut your skin open, take a like sander and essentially sand your jaw down. And it's really common. Like that I like I just well, That's also something that's not really in our culture. And I think that's <sighs> part of why it's it's like a culture shock <sighs> for us, right? Like we don't even think about that. That's so like I could like cheek implants, like I'd get that or like I don't really quite understand forehead implants, but I know that that happens, and, like, that doesn't just... It sounds so painful to get your jaw shaved. Like, I like just, like, the thought... Like, I've seen... It literally looks like a wood sander. Like, I would never let that near my face. Like, I just... Ugh. I don't know. I just... That's the one that I just, like, I can't... I can't wrap my head around. And I know it's because... Um, it's more common for people to have, like, a V-shape, I guess. Mm -hmm. in America, so, and that's, I guess, the desired look, but, oh. Yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming from, but I also think that's that's one of those, like, culture shock things. Like, when I realized how common it was for people to get double eyelids, I was, like, shocked. But I have, like, a thing with my eyes, right? Like, the idea of somebody putting their fingers or, like, any sort of sharp thing near my eye, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> uh don't, don't do it. Like, that's the worst thing to me. Dude, so I still can't so watch common, the like, one stupid scene in The Phantom because it turns red and I know his eyes get stabbed. Like, I still have to fast forward through it. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, so for me, like, that's the thing that squicks me out. 
And, but what's weird is, like, that's a culture thing because over there it's not even a big deal to them. Like, people will do it, like, as a present for graduating school. Yeah, that's it's a really common high school graduation problem. Here's your double eyelid surgery. Right, and when you flip it, in America, for a while, I don't know if it's still this bad. I, I don't pay attention. But for a while, it was like people gave boob jobs for graduating or doing big deal, big things, right? It was so common here, too. And, like, if you broke down breast implants, that's gross, too. <laughs> like, just these surgeries in general are very, very gross. And when you see them done, it just seems painful and terrible, and I wouldn't want to go through it. But I also, it's just something I don't understand because I've never had the urge. And I know, personally, I have friends that have gotten plastic surgery. And for them, they didn't even think about all that stuff. So I, I don't know. So if I had money, I would get plastic surgery. But I don't. I'm poor. Yeah, see. So, and I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't have anything against people who want to get plastic surgery for themselves. That's fine for me. I, I don't care about that. It's when people get plastic surgery because somebody else made them. That's when I yeah. get really uncomfortable. Whenever I think about plastic surgery, I always think of that TLC music video where um, Chili, it's Chili, right? Yeah, that goes into she wants to get her wants to get her boobs bigger only just to you know please her boyfriend. I don't know if you right. guys seen that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm yeah. It's called I'm pretty. And um, that scene where she's like in the hospital or the clinic, whatever, and then she sees a girl who's getting her. Uh, the silicone removed out of her, and then you just see that thing like pop down, and I ah. Uh, every so every time I think about that, I see that video. So to me, plastic surgery just seems extremely painful, and I'm like, how? But I mean, I give props to people who do it because you know you have to deal with a lot of pain, and then the whole healing period, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, you are a brave person because I can't go through that. But um, in the end, I feel like again, I also agree. Like if Somebody wants to get plastic surgery, then fine, go ahead. Um, that's your business. But I do think that sometimes people take it a little bit too far, and it kind of becomes an addiction. And then they're like really, they're like messing with their health. And I'm like, then you know that's kind of not okay. And I think you need to really evaluate: is it is it worth all that? Worth? Are, is it worth dying over? So I don't know. But yeah, it was it was strange to me. Like I mean, I'm I was used to you know like here in Hollywood, like with Hollywood, you know, plastic surgery and stuff. But when I when I got into K-pop and I found out how normal it was and like how how even as young as like high schoolers were getting like or fresh out of high schoolers were getting you know all these like type of surgeries, it's cosmetic surgeries if you want to call it. Um, it was like it was just still so weird for me because I was like. I, I can't imagine myself at like 18 years old and like already like you know doing messing up messing around with my eyes or my chin or you know my cheeks or whatever. But I mean again that's a culture thing, so I can't really say much about it. But, yeah, uh, I have a I have a problem with the term cosmetic surgery. I feel like it undermines what people are doing, um, and that's just my general problem with like how normal surgery became, like getting plastic surgery for a while just seems so normal to the point where people would be like, oh, you'd look so much better if you got your boobs done. Like, that culture bothers the crap out of me. And I feel like when people say cosmetic surgery, it takes the, the like, damning nature of that kind of surgery out of it. When you say plastic surgery, it makes you feel fake. 
And so I, that's why I always say plastic surgery, and I always will. I, again, I don't care if people get it for themselves, but you cannot convince me to not call it plastic surgery. It's plastic surgery to me, and it always will be. Even if you don't get anything implanted in yourself, it's plastic surgery to me. I can't, I can't. That's my personal, like, I can't shake that because I don't want, you know, I have, I have a son. I don't want him to grow up believing that he isn't good enough as he is now. You know, I, I just, I can't instill that on him. As me as a person, I just can't do it. So I'm going to call it plastic surgery, and that's what I'm going to tell it to him so he doesn't see it as, like, this thing that's just normal. I don't want it to be normal. If he decides that he wants to get in on his own accord, that's his own choice. But I'm not going to, that's just my, like, I can't deal with that. Just because I feel it's been too normalized by giving it a pretty name. But anyways, that's a tangent. Um, the end point of this is... Uh, these are just per month expenses. So you're talking about $40,000 a month, um, which, you know, times six is $240,000 a month, or $240,000 per six months. Um, this is not including album releases. Album releases have their own charge, all on their own, and you're, it's like song expenses for four tracks is... 12,000. Recording and mastering is 8,000. Photography is 3,000. Jacket design and stylus is 4,000. Clothing production, you know, you probably get like four outfits a piece out of it. Uh, 20,000. Your music video is 50,000. Your promotion, including your showcase, is 100,000 because you have to pay to be on those shows that everybody likes to watch so much. Um, hair and makeup is 5,000. Choreography for two tracks is 6,000. Backup dancers are $350 per performance. Like, you're just, there's just so much money spent, and it's out of pocket for the artist. And I think that that's, that's the point that they're trying to stress here is this isn't, these aren't things that the company that's raising you is, is taking in. It is the company is making, is comping you this stuff. Like, they are paying ahead of time for it, but you're getting charged for it. You don't get to just enjoy all this stuff. And that's that's so crazy to me because, like, these are people who are putting their... I mean, honestly, these idols are putting their health at risk. Um, a lot of their lifestyles are just not conducive with a healthy lifestyle. And yet... They have to live it because they get these schedules and they don't even, it's not their, they're not planning their own schedules. So they're basically agreeing, they're signing up to do this thing where they're going to get charged for a ton of different things constantly for schedules that they didn't make on their own. You know, they weren't like, ah, oh, we're going to perform today, but we might not perform for the rest of the week. Maybe we'll just perform once. No, that's not how it works. They get told, we're going to be on all these shows, and you're also going to do these performances, but then they charge you for those performances that they're making you do. That is such a mind-blowing concept, and I understand it's a music industry, and it's similar in all music industries. You know, Beyonce's tour wasn't free. She paid for it, but she comped her pay in ticket sales. And all that stuff and all that production, all the people who wanted to sponsor her, that's what sponsors are for. They take that hit so that they can put their name on it. Um, but in Korea, it's like even if you have a sponsor, you're still paying out of pocket for all of this stuff. And it's like their company just benefits 
You know, you're in this company. Uh, say, you know, let's say you are on JYP and you're in this company and you're making them a bunch of money. You're still paying your company to make them money. That's such a crazy concept for me. Like, in that circumstance, you should have more control, and yet they don't. So they have no control. They're charged for things that they're not agreeing to do. Most of them might not even want to do, and you're still charged for it. Every time they put hair and makeup on you, you're getting charged for that. It's it's crazy. That's that's just such a mind a mind blowing kind of thing, and I'm sure it exists in like Japan and these other places that have idols like this, pop stars like this. Even in the West, I'm sure it's kind of like this. It's just crazy to see it, you know. Mm. It is. It's so much money. Like that's crazy. And you know that three quarters of these groups are maybe at best going to scrape it together and just pay it back and not make, like, it's crazy to me that they're going to get that much and they don't have, like, a steady income. Like, if they were being charged that and then they were getting, like, I don't know, like, a wage, I think it would be less shocking to me. Because I think we all do things where you incur a debt and then you pay it back, but you have a wage while you're working. Like, to think that they have no wage, they're not guaranteed any money. On top of that, they have, like, almost a half a million dollars in debt before they even have, like, their first real single. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, you can look at this. If you were stuck on a label, let's say you had your one promotion or whatever, and then you went two years until your next promotion, you're already a million dollars in debt before yep. doing anything. You you haven't done anything. You haven't made anything of yourself. Like, And that's just assuming that it's exactly this amount that they they have posted here, right? This is this might even be low for some groups. That's crazy to imagine that you could right, be right. Like this is supposed lifestyle. to be like the average, so that there's going to be some that have more than that. Like half right. people are going to pay more than that. That's crazy. Like the idea, and especially because you getting put on the shelf isn't your fault. It's your company's fault. Mm-hmm. And they won't let you leave. Like. It's not even like you could just pack your bags and bounce. You can't get out of some of these contracts, so you're stuck. You're just you are just being sucked of money. And it's it's crazy. It's just it's crazy to me. I don't understand. It is. Like, can you imagine having that much debt on a smaller label where, like, your future is less assured? Like, that's a crazy amount of debt anyway, but if you're on, like, one of the top three, like, nine times out of ten chances are you're going to pay that back eventually because you are going to have a fan base to start with. But if you're on a smaller company and you're doing that much debt, like, you're putting your entire life in this company's hands, and the likelihood of it actually panning out for you is small. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think people know what they're getting into when they when they sign these contracts. And no, really we're all stupid at 18 and 19 and 17 and 16. So, so true. We have no concept of money. 16, 17, and 8-year-olds, learn from us. Have a concept of money before you sign anything, especially yeah. when going to college. Go in state. Don't be dumb. Don't sign a contract without a lawyer. Yes. You Your can parents pay. don't count. Love yeah, them you, to death. Your parents do not count as a lawyer. Most lawyers will allow will consult with you for a cheaper price. It's still expensive, but it's in the long run, I promise, it's better for you. If you're going to sign a contract for anything, 
have a lawyer. Don't just sign things because you're not going to read all of that. You're not going to know everything. A lawyer will eat it apart, and he will tell you what's wrong, what you could fight for. So don't ever sign a contract without a lawyer. Not even... Like I mean, obviously, if you sign a freaking AT&T contract, okay, whatever. But don't sign a contract where you're signing up for years to do something, you know. Just don't don't put yourself in that position. Uh, unless you have anything, Kiara, that you want to talk about on this, we can keep it rolling. No, I think you're going, because I pretty much agree with all of what you guys have said. So. Okay. Um, on this topic of people, labels taking advantage of their artists, we have uh, the FNC drama with CEO Han Sung Ho. Uh, he denied that he ever discriminated between FT Island now, basic, and CM Blue. Basically, uh, where this came from was uh, they, they kind of accused him of playing favorites. Um, FT Island, I guess stated that there was no discrimination. Sung Hyun from FT Island said, though, that he, he found house, they found housing near a street market, and every time he would come home from work, he was tearing up as he opened the door because of the onion and garlic smell. And basically this whole thing was like them saying that the CEO treated CM Blue, or not, C, yeah, CM Blue better as opposed to... Um, FT Island, and the big thing that also came in this kind of uh, topic was that FT Island, uh, FT Island's um, Lee Hong Ki said that he wasn't paid for their first five years; that he had no money. Um, basically, Younghwa said that he ate leftover. Younghwa is the excuse me. Younghwa is the lead singer of CM Blue. He said that he ate leftover pizza from FT Island, and Lee Honky said he left it for them. The company's director asked why he didn't buy a new one instead of giving the leftover. Lee Honky got pissed and said, I could have bought it if the company gave me money. Director got flustered and told him not to lie. And Lee Honky said, I had no money in my wallet. My first pay was five years after debut. Um, and then he said, what do you mean I'm lying? Do you want me to bring the details? So FT Island was popular when they first came out. Um, it's not like they, they weren't making money. They were popular. The idea that this group who was popular couldn't even afford to buy their dongsengs at the time uh, food and left them leftover pizza from them and their PDNM basically tried to act like it wasn't a big deal, is or like that he should have money and he should have bought a different pizza. But that's so mind blowing to me because it makes me wonder: Do these guys really think that they're treating their artists well? Like, do they only see the positives of being a celebrity? Because there are positives, you know. A, a lot of people get into the industry because they want people to know them, they want people to like them, they want to be loved, and they get that. They get that sense of fulfillment. There's a lot of people who are literally, you can tell just by the way they act, um, that they are in it for the fans, for the people that they get to interact with and touch and meet, and that's all they really care about, and that's fine. Those people probably don't care about money as much as other people, but this is clearly a problem. 
the idea of going five years without money, I mean, he might be exaggerating. Maybe he had little money, but it's still, I don't, I don't know a lot about Honky, but from what I understand, he's not known to lie or embezzle the truth or, uh, I don't. I didn't use that word right. He's not known though to lie. So, I mean, do we think that he really didn't get paid for five years? Oh, I believe it. I mean, I'm not a big fan of either group, but I do remember like one of my um, close friends was a fan of FT Allen, and I remember that um, she talked about right before like CM Blue came out, like there was this huge push of like FT Island like merchandise and there was all this stuff and it was when they were still really popular so people thought it was to they were gonna they were talking about having a tour so people thought you know you sell you buy the merchandise there'll be a tour we get to see them it'll be great and then right after the merchandise sold apparently that's when CM Blue debuted so there was a lot of controversy that you know they used I mean it's the company they can do whatever the hell they want but there's a lot of like well we thought we were going to get more FT Island and then we got CM Blue but then CM Blue took off so it kind of got like the people who were really prima donnas kind of got left in the dust and then I mean you barely see FT Island anymore and let's be honest they really treat them more like a second rate CM Blue now than than anything but I don't think um, he's always been kind of known for um, he kind of goes off the rails but he doesn't lie. He kind of just sometimes forgets that he's an idol and he's supposed to say certain things and not say other things. Um, and But he's never known to, to, to lie, I guess. It doesn't surprise me, especially after hearing, you know, that it's, what, 240000 every six months that they incur in bills that he wouldn't have much money after five years because while they did well, they were never, you know, top-tier boy group. Um, and they only come back maybe once a year or so. So you've got a whole year's worth of expenses and you've got one album to cover it. So, yeah, it's a good time. It is worth noting that they did win. Um, they did place number one and they did do really well for a while after um, Lovesick is the song they won number one with. Yeah, I think that was a debut song. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, when they debuted, they were like, because I think they were like the first kind of like band, like idol band or whatever in um, K-pop. So, like, I remember like, you know, along with, you know, D, like, they didn't were like huge like DBSK, but, you know, those usual names that you would always hear like DBSK, Big Bang, Wonder Girls, and, you know, Sonia Shide, FT Island, they were like kind of part of that group. They weren't as successful as successful, but, you know, they were, like, you know, kind of up there on the scale, and then it's, like, after, you know, CM Blue debuted, I kind of noticed, like, you hardly ever hear about CM Blue, like, it's, like, a once-in-a-while thing, and most of the time, to be honest, I feel like I hear them more, of them more when they're in Japan than they're in Korea, like, whenever, I, like, so, to be honest, whenever, I don't even realize they had a Korean comeback until, like, months later, because it's, like, barely promoted, barely talked about, you know? Yeah, they got extremely undersold, it seems, once CM Blue came out and had their uh, success with I'm a Loner or whatever their debut song was. Yeah. Um, I got, I got like, pain feelings because, <laughs> because uh, it's true that they are, like, the first idol band, but whenever I think of, like, idol bands, I always think of the tracks. Um, and it's like the most 
like heartbreaking thing for me because they were actually really good. They actually did play their instruments on stage and they just got like housed because of SM because they didn't sell anything and it was like I hate that company. Welcome to SM. Oh no, I I couldn't be there because of the tracks. They, they kicked me out real quick. <laughs> real quick. They told me to get out. Hey, at least hey, maybe someday. You know, it could be worse. You could have been like a what is her name? Zhang Li Yin who was, like, in the basement for, like, seven years, and she gets to come out this year. She's such a talented singer, too. It's such a such a ridiculous shame. Same with uh, Isak, re- like, relegated to just being a radio host for her whole career when she's a good singer. I don't know. What about what? the Grace? <laughs> yeah, the Grace especially. That is That's the number a... one for me. That hurts, to be honest, the Grace. <sighs> Why'd you bring them up? Now my heart hurts. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that group, so it's. I'm telling you, it's not like I never liked SM in my whole life. I did. I was there, and I left because they did that to me. Just so many of the groups I cared about, they were just like, yeah, no, I don't care. They fell from grace. <laughs> I made the joke. I hate your guts. Speaking of SM and their fall from grace, hate no! you. Yeah! Um, <laughs> just kidding. So it was announced that uh, Soo Young, Jessica, obviously, Luhan, and Sully will not attend SM Town in Japan. Um, this is. I only even made this a story because I think that part of this doesn't matter. I don't really think the Soo Young thing matters. Um, but Luhan not showing up is suspicious because there are a lot of rumors floating right now that he is trying to get out. That he wants out of XO and he wants out of SM. Um, Smart cookie. Yeah, I mean, somebody from EXO has to be. Um, he, I, guess, <laughs> I guess he... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? He was hospitalized twice recently uh, during the EXO whatever EXO is doing that allows them to perform. I don't know. I don't pay attention to EXO. But they're doing something. I know that. And it's Concerts, selling yeah. out. Concerts, yeah. They're, they're, I'm not saying that they're not being successful. I just don't know EXO, what, what they're doing. But I know they're doing things. Um, and he didn't. He couldn't go to like two of the shows or something because he was hospitalized due to being overworked. Uh, I saw Netizen saying that he has complained before about being overworked. And now it's to the point that the rumor is going around <laughs> he's trying to get out. And he can't take the schedule anymore. It's too much for him, and he just he doesn't want to do it anymore. Uh, so, I mean, do we really think... I'm, I, uh, well, I don't know. Do we think that's a thing? Like, is, I think it's really... a very... I mean, whether or not it pans out, I'm not sure, but I would most certainly suspect it's a thing. He has the... Not only does he have the number one fan base in China, his fan base there is huge. He could make so much money in China, it wouldn't even matter. And SM's power is not strong enough in China yet that it would make a difference. Like, if he wanted to leave and bounce, he would have a hard time finding work for a little bit, but SM doesn't quite have the pull it does, as it does in Japan, and um, especially in Korea. So it wouldn't hurt him that much. And he has a very, very large fan base of XO fans in general, even in Korea. So... There's a lot of rumors, like, especially on, um, I forget what it's called, I think it's, um... One Hallyu? No, but Dao, the, the, the Chinese version of, like, Twitter and stuff. Oh, Weibo, Weibo, Weibo. Yeah, there's a lot of things going like, well, 
he's given like the CAO time till October eighth, which is their next performance in um, China to change his contract, and if not, he's pulling out, which would make sense because. I mean, if he's going to do it, he might as well do it when everyone will be watching because everybody loves Luan. Like, if he was not there for uh, a China SM town, shit will go down and shit will go down fast unless SM is like, no, no, he's really sick. Like, here's pictures of him in the hospital. He can't come. Like, he's, like, on a respirator. He did miss a Chinese concert, and that's why this originally became such a big fuss is he He did. did miss the first China date for EXO. He was not Right, there. and they were very quick to be like, he's very sick, he's in a hospital, this is the hospital he's at, like, do not murder us, there's a reason he's not here. Right, um, yeah. So if he was to miss another one, all hell's gonna break loose. And it would very much damage EXO's fandom if Luan leaves, and it would do more damage to SM than it would to Luan, especially since, again, his fandom is mostly very strongly based in China. Uh, which SM wants a hold on, but they don't have it yet because they're dumb and they're stupid and they don't know how to get a hold of China. Um, So I think it's a real possibility. I won't be surprised if nothing comes about it this time, except we'll see him less and there'll be um, better working terms for him. I know right after... Um, Because there were rumors of him leaving before, and then when Chris left, Luan suddenly got a movie deal. So it seemed like as soon as Chris left, they started to placate Luan to make sure that he stayed. Um, So I won't be surprised if we see that again. Um, Because they very much need to keep Luan for XO to be viable in China, which was the entire point of XO. Like, one of their entire branches is XOM. Like, they need and they want that that foothold in China, and XO is the way to get it for them, they think. So, they will do pretty much everything in their power to keep him if they want to be successful. But we also learned this week, they don't give a shit about being successful. So, who knows? I'm glad we had somebody who knows about XO to... to I, I kind of wish Guru was here because she would totally, you know, tell us more. Cause I think she... Yeah, I only really care about XOM, so I don't know much about the other ones. But I know about this, so you're welcome. <laughs> yes, thank you, Sam. Because to be honest, my care for XO is non-existent, so um, <laughs> I have nothing to Same add here. to this conversation. So. But do you, Luhan, do you, I guess. It's all Tao's <laughs> fault. I got sucked in with false advertisement, and I got stuck with a cute panda, and I can't help myself. Uh, okay, so next one, because, <laughs> um, so we're kind of, we're kind of getting to the main topic here, uh, and, Can uh, we put it off for a little more? I'm not ready. I got nothing else, I'm sorry. i um, I'm sorry, it's gotta happen. So, the big news, and it goes without saying, probably if you listen to this podcast, but if you don't listen to this podcast, I guess it's worth saying, Jessica... A uh, former member of SNSD was oh, recently hurts. removed from the group oh. and informed us all via social media. Oh. And this blew up into a giant fiasco. Uh, we had we our last podcast. Uh, we had a special episode where we kind of talked about it the day of the announcement. The beginning, it seemed like it was going to be a hack, and then it became more than that we moved to this point where it truly was Jessica. SM was investigating, a.k.a. they didn't know what to say because 
Jessica got there first is what it seems like. And this whole thing blew up, but it is official. Jessica is no longer in SSD. She is still a member of SM, and SM still has her contract, but she is no longer a member of the group SSD. Uh, so I'm kind of going to go through the rundown. Uh, I'll try. I'll try to use the dates when they give me dates. Some of these don't have dates, but I'll go through all of it. I'm not going to say who said what. It's just what was said from the representative. So this is stuff that shouldn't be rumors. I'm not positive. I haven't read the whole thing. But uh, so the beginning of this whole thing, uh, SM and Girls' Generation members support Jessica and Blanc. That is a Jessica representative statement. That's one of the few ones that I'll point out because I'm curious about it. Uh, but they support Jessica and her clothing label, or fashion label, I guess is a better word, Blanc. Uh, August 17th, Blanc launches. In early September, the members change their mind and force Jessica to make a choice between Blanc and Girls' Generation. This is, again, another one from Jessica's representatives. Uh, SM's representatives said on September 15th that Girls' Generation re-signed all their contracts. All nine members of Girls' Generation signed a three-year extension contract after the expiration of their original seven-year contract. Jessica's representatives say that Jessica, on September 16th, met with the agency CEO to reconfirm the position to pursue both her career as a Blanc CEO as well as her career as a Girls' Generation member. On September 30th, 5 a.m. Korean Standard Time, Jessica broke the news on her Weibo. Uh, I am no longer a member of SNSD. I'm devastated. Due to the sudden and unexpected nature of the Weibo post, many questioned the authenticity of the post as to whether or not Jessica's account was hacked. Uh, September 30th, 7 a.m. Korean Standard Time, Girls' Generation arrives at the airport without Jessica. They were scheduled to hold a fan meeting in China, the other eight members of Girls' Generation arrive at the airport without Jessica. Suspicion is greatly heightened, though nothing has yet been confirmed by SM Entertainment. Uh, September 30th, 11 a.m., Dispatch releases photos of Jessica and Tyler Kwan at the airport at 4 a.m. that morning. Uh, September 30th, 1 p.m., SM decides to break the silence. SM, or SM decides that Girls' Generation will continue as an eight-member group and Jessica will go forward with her solo career while remaining under SM Entertainment. Girls' Generation hold the fan meeting without Jessica. Fans continuously shout out Jessica's name, holding up illuminated J signs. Girls' Generation leaves Jessica's part unsung during the performance. The audience sings the parts for her. Multiple members cry, including Yuna, Yuri, and most notably, Sohyun. <sighs> Girls' Generation makes absolutely no mention of Jessica during the fan meeting. Uh, October 1st, uh, 12 a.m., Sports Donga reports wedding. Article states that marriage arrangements have been made and that Jessica is set to marry Tyler Kwan in May 2015 at a ceremony to be held in Hong Kong. The article continues that after the wedding, Jessica plans to move to NYC in order to study at an American fashion institute in order to become a successful designer. October 1st, 7.45 uh, a.m., Tyler K. denies marriage plans. Sigh. 
I guess we'll have to try this again. I have no plans of marriage anytime soon, whether it be this year, next year. If that wasn't clear enough, let me know. I just keep trying. Tyler Kwan mentions Jessica in a mysterious tweet. Uh, at Jessica, hang in there. The truth will be the truth about what really happened will be known. We all got your back. And that was uh, October 1st, 8.30, create standard time. Uh, October 1st, 10.15, Jessica releases her official statement. Hello, this is Jessica. On September 29th, I was informed by my agency that I will be leaving Girls' Generation, and because I cannot hide my shocked and upset heart, I will now make an official statement. Throughout my time as a member of Girls' Generation, I have always put Girls' Generation before my business and personal life. However, despite the effort that I put forth for the team, I have been asked by my agency to leave the group. As I planned the business that I've always had a lot of interest in since before, I consulted SM Entertainment and the members several times in every step of the way to ensure that they were they sufficiently understood. In August, I launched Blanc with the consent and permission of SM and received congratulations from the members as well. However, just one month after the launch in early September, the members suddenly changed their position and held a meeting and without any sort of justifiable reason told me that I should either quit my business or leave Girls' Generation. I explained to them that I had already received permission from the agency and that I never once neglected Girls' Generation activities and that I could not suddenly halt my business post-launch due to my contracts with my business partners. Ultimately, I pleaded that it was unfair to demand that I choose. Becoming a Girls' Generation Generation member was the best thing that ever happened to me and I never once thought about quitting. After the meeting with my members, I met with the agency CEO on September 16th to convey my position. Once again confirmed that I had permission to carry out my business. However, on September 29th, I was informed by my agency that I was un- I was unilaterally being asked to leave Girls' Generation. Thus, I was unable to attend the fan meeting in China on September 30th and have been excluded from all future Girls' Generation activities. I cannot hide the pain and sadness that I feel upon being asked to leave Girls' Generation by my agency and fellow members, whom I have, li- uh, I have lived the past 15 years of my life for and poured all of my passion and effort into just because I am starting a business. I also want to apologize for unintentionally causing the fans to worry. Please understand that this situation is not at all what I had wanted, and I have always treasured Girls' Generation and will continue to do so. Thank you for always showing me generous love and support. Um... So that's Excuse kind me, of my heart like cracks into a gajillion pieces. Yeah, Ugh. that's kind of where the official statements have taken us. Now there's tons of rumor mill that uh you know there's the dispatch side basically saying that Jessica told them yes that she was going to make Blanc not when she was going to do it. Um that they were frustrated with the effort that she put forth in her performances and things like that. Um, and the fact that she was not at the practices for the fan meetings and things like that. Um, and people have obviously jumped to defend her saying, you know, she's been in this group for so long. She probably knows her dances, the dances in her sleep, which I don't buy because she messes up all the time. They all mess up all the time. Um, but they defended her with things like that, things that I do understand. Um, the other side of it were more netizens with rumors on the situation um, also saying that inside sources were very one-sided and that they were clearly paid for by SM as slander. Um, people saying that Jessica's only fl- like only misstep was looking into schools in New York. Um, oh, Noah's joining us. Hello, Noah. Uh, <laughs> um, 
we also have people kind of saying that Girls' Generation did gang up on her to kick her out of this group, out of out of the whole group. <laughs> um, so we have this going on. In the middle of this, we it came to light that there is a uh, a project that is Jessica and her sister. No, I still uh, want to live in La La Land, and it doesn't uh, exist. We got it. We got to deal with no. it. They had a subunit that they were going to make. <sighs> Uh, that the song was already done, the MV was done, everything was done for it, and that is now on hold. We probably will never get it. Never leaving the basement. Right. We'll get it like Dancing Queen like eight years later. Yeah, but at least you'll get it. No, no, it won't happen. So, I mean, there's a lot out there. It's... And, and before we get into this, because I do want everybody to, to really dig into it, I want everybody to get their point out, I want to make it clear, there is not enough evidence in this case for anybody to say without a shadow of a doubt what went on. Oh, no. In this, in this podcast, everything following this statement, this is all suspicion. We are all assuming, giving our best insight. Some of us may play devil's advocate and talk the other side of the coin, which is probably what I'll be doing, I'll be honest. But I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not saying that anybody is wrong, and the same goes for the rest of our pod. We are simply stating our opinion based on the facts that we are given and how we have interpreted it, just like every other person that has seen this situation. So I need to make this disclaimer clear. None of us hate this group um, as people, I, as far as I know. I can tell you, me being the person that got the heat for talking bad about SNSD, I do not hate these girls as people, and I did not want to see them break up. But I will touch on this from uh, probably a way that's going to get heat, and I'm sorry, but I do want to air every side of this in this this conversation. Um, that's what we're here for. So please be aware that this is how the conversation is going to go. Um, but... I'm going to kick it to you, Shannon, because I feel like you want to <sighs> talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. Don't. But, at the, like, it just, I can't, I've tried to look at this from every angle. I mean, I don't think, I've seen both statements. I'm more inclined to believe Jessica's than I am with SM, because SM's a piece of shit, and they do a lot of bullshit and a lot of um, mudslinging, like, especially, like, one of their main pieces is that, um, oh, I already forgot his name because I really don't give a crap about him. Her boyfriend, Tyler, or whatever, is always showing up on um, the Jessica and Crystal show sets, and that was one of the, the points of contention. And then the PD was like, what the hell? I never saw him once. Like, I don't understand what this is. He was never there. Like, he was like, what they did if he was in New York when she was filming in New York, he was, like, whatever. When they were on film, he was never there. So I'm more inclined to, but at the same time, like, Jessica's statement, doesn't make sense. Like, you can tell me till they're blue in the face that all, all nine, eight turned against her, and I won't believe you. Not because I think there's some grand sisterhood, um, because we know that they didn't all like each other. I mean, there was one point they were talking about, at one point, like, they almost got into physical fights. Like, the fights would get that bad. But at the same point, I think there was always, especially with Girls' Generation, there was a respect that this group was built on all nine of them, and not one of them was the reason for success. The success was built on 
the the fact that there was nine of them and that they were united and that the fandom thought that they were united and without one of them they weren't the same group um so you can't tell me that all eight of them suddenly decided they didn't need Jessica like i can absolutely 100% probably that that meeting did happen i think that meeting was most likely um not just about blanc but it was probably about um her dating rumor got um denied when everybody else's was being acknowledged, especially Taeyeon's. Like, Taeyeon doesn't really like Jessica. You can't tell me she wasn't pissed that she's getting heat for dating Baekhyun and Jessica gets denied that she's dating Tyler, or Tyler, or whatever his name is. Um, they've got the brand coming out. You've got the fact that I mean, she really, she's more like a Sully in, in, like, in the performances. Like, she's there, but she's not. She's worse than that. She doesn't even... Like, she doesn't even, like... Sometimes Sully does try. I love okay. Jessica to death, but she really doesn't try anymore. Yeah. Uh, so you can't tell me that. I can absolutely 100% see them getting into like a a fight and being like, you need to choose, but not actually meaning it. And I can see SM then using it as their excuse to cut their nose off to spite their face. But I just even if you like think of it that way, like even if Jessica is missing um, like events and stuff, which they haven't really told us any events that she's missed because of blog, or even if she is you know, um, planning on leaving, you look at both statements and they seem to both agree that Jessica was really only going to be there for one more album. Like, that was already acknowledged by SM. And usually their, their meeting, uh, their albums generally come out January, February, or March. Like, they're very early in the year. And they're, all of the rumors that they're slandering her with, or that could very well be real, um, are like, she's looking to go to school next September. She's looking to get married in May. So, even if SM is trying to be like, well, she's planning on leaving anyway, she's left this room open for them. Like, she's come back, you know, she's going to be there for the fan tour. She's obviously planning on being there for the tour. And it seemed like they'd already talked about her leaving after this album. If you know she's leaving, or you know she's getting married, like, the smart thing to do, like, you can't tell me that if you knew that Jessica was leaving to get married, you couldn't get a TV show that would make you lots of money that one of the girls is getting married and have all of them be bridesmaids. You can't tell me that wouldn't get viewership and money. You can't tell me that, especially in China, where she's the number one girls generation, you couldn't like be like, that's fine, you want to get married, you only want to do one more album, then we reserve the right on your contract you know, to tell you which dress you're going to wear, to tell you who your photographer is going to be, where your venue is going to be. You can't tell me that people who are in bridal shop won't pay to be the girls' generation's first member to get married to have their dress be on her on television. You can't tell me they won't pay for that. You can't tell me that a venue won't pay SM to let them have the wedding there or to be the flower bouquets. Like, they could have milked it. If you were to put out, this is going to be the last album with, you know, OT9, you can't tell me that wouldn't sell hundreds of thousands of more copies because it's going to be like, oh my god, like, this is the last one. Because this, this fandom, I think, understands the fact that these are, these are the girls are older, that they're going to start having their lives. I know they renewed their contract for three years, and I know I'm not a huge SNSD fan, but I do like certain members. And I've always just assumed, you know, they're going to start doing less group activities and more individuals, but I always figured it'd be like a Shinwa thing, where they'd be always kind of united. Like, they're still girls' generation, they just don't always come back as girls' generation. And for just it doesn't make any sense for me to kick her out like this if the the, the rumors are true that they're losing clothing endorsements. Um, again, they still know that she's only planning on being in Girls' Generation itself for six or seven more months. You can't tell me the loss of income for six or seven months is going to be worse than damaging Girls' Generation's image and losing all of that income for years to come. Like, 
suck it up for six months. She's going to leave, and you can get those clothing endorsements back when she's gone, and the girls' generation's image is still intact. I mean, you've destroyed their image of OT9, and you've just tore it apart. Like, is it going to destroy SNSD? No, they're still going to be popular. They're still going to be, you know, one of the top girl groups. I mean, it's it's girls' generation. You're not going to just be, like, put Kaban. But, I mean, that untouchableness, that tear to themselves that nobody can get near, that's gone. I can't see them getting that back again, all because SM is upset, I think, because they don't have any money in Blanc, and they can't get any money. And SM hates when they can't get the money that they want. So, I don't know. It just... I can't find a logic other than I think one of my things that I think probably happened is that SM was bluffing with Jessica. They were telling her, you know, you have to choose or you're not going to be a member of Girls' Generation and you need to sit this out and for right now you're not a member. And she went to to, to the public and the SNS and at that point they had to pick and I think that's one of the reasons they went, oh, we'll get back to you. Um, and then they were just like, at this point, everybody knows. I mean, she wasn't at the fan meet. She said that she was leaving. It was very clear that it was no longer a hoax, and they were kind of shit hit the fan, and they had to go with it. They're stuck with it at this point. So, I don't know. This just really, really sucks. <sighs> that was, um, that was, uh, actually a lot, I don't want to say a lot better thought out, because that's not what I mean. I thought you were going to... I thought I was going to be like, Jessica! Like, that's what I totally was ready for. And um, I actually totally agree with basically every point that you made. Um, and I'm glad that you are clearly on board with Jessica, but also don't believe that everybody turned on her. You um, can't... Especially with, like, Siohan. You can't tell me that the robot turned those tears on. The girl can't even smile on cue. Like, you cannot <laughs> tell me... That she was crying. Now, Taeyeon's tears, I don't believe for a second. She is one of the members that definitely doesn't like. No, no, I don't think that she shed tears for Jessica. I think she shed tears for SNSD and their image. Yeah. I don't... You can't convince me for a second she shed tears for Jessica. No. But that she shed tears for their image and And that their careers are now going to be less than what they could have been. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, But you can't tell me that Seohan and and Hyoyeon... Uh, were crying for the loss of SND. No, they were crying for the loss of Jessica. Like, those three are very, very close. You you know, and I know sometimes, like, <coughs> business and friendships don't mesh, and sometimes you have to make business decisions that hurt your friendships, but you do those because they benefit your business. If they're not going to benefit your business and they're going to destroy your friendship, you're not going to make that decision. That's a lose-lose. Like, that's not a decision that they would make. So, I just, I don't know. I can see them saying it in, uh, in a meeting when they were, like, incredibly upset. Like, we all stay stupid shit that we don't mean when we're really angry with somebody and I know you can go back like three days later and you're like I didn't really want you out I was just really upset at that moment I'm sorry but I just I can't see them and I can see this at eight members at that point being like you need to choose like you just need to choose and then coming back a few days later being we didn't actually mean it but I mean, at that point, she's just so upset that I think it's very easy to be like well this was the conversation that damned me even if it's not the conversation in the end that was the fault line because I 100% it's all in SM's court. You can't tell me that SM is finally going to do somebody a favor and kick her out when SM doesn't do whatever SM wants to do, whether it hurts them or not. So, I don't know. It's just, ugh, very angry and upset and, like, I have no words other than gobbledygook. I'm sorry. No, that's pretty well worded out. How, how about you? How do you feel, Kara? 
Um, well, I don't know how to go after that because Shannon spoke so eloquently. <laughs> um, <coughs> but I mean, well, starting off with her, her company or whatever, um, Blanc, you know, the fact that both of them said that yes, that SM agreed to this company, I feel uh, for her to launch uh, Blanc. I feel like when when she asked, did they think like when she get into it, like when she she was. Was she gonna put that to the side, like, like as a side thing? Because from what I hear, once you start your own business or whatever, like that preoccupies a lot of your time, like, so. And I guess what caught them off guard was the fact that she did it so quickly. Because maybe they thought she was gonna do it like next year or in two years, you know, something along in the future. But the fact that she launched it, like, she told them this year, and then she launched it. What was it? August. Um, you know. Yeah, uh, let me let me check. Hold on. Yeah, she. The, it says that she mentioned it in the beginning of the year, and that it was launched last month. Yeah, or August seventeenth. <clears throat> yeah, so it's like I guess that kind of caught them off guard, or whatever. But I mean, if you know she already launched her her stuff, then I feel like how to to tell her to put that before. Like, or at least not put it on the same level as gir girls' generation activities is kind of hard because, you know, being owning your own business, you, that's something you have to put a lot of work and time on, especially the fact that she has to travel a lot for this because apparently she travels to China and to here in New York, you know. So I think that's why, I think maybe the whole thing was like it caught them off guard and maybe there was some type of maybe miscommunication in the beginning. Like, they okay this, but they didn't get the full details. And so I think that's what kind of upset SM, and then it upset the other girls because they were like, I guess maybe they also didn't realize this was going to happen also soon, and then it was like, but we have so much things, you know, coming up. Like, we have all these um, fan meetings and the concerts. Like, in Japan, we have our Tokyo Dome concert, which is a really huge deal, and... Um, have all these things lined up and then but if you're doing your business you're not gonna put as much energy as you're supposed to like the rest of us on this and so I do think there were, the main fall in this whole situation was miscommunication and possibly um, like misjudgment like I think they probably had this meeting they had this discussion and like there was a lot of a lot of emotions were played in it and then I feel like Jessica took this whole situation as they don't want me in the group anymore. Like they're telling me to choose something I put, I invested so much money in, and so much invested so much time in, and to say that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to as a girls' generation member. Like she took that like extremely personally, and then I think maybe the girls thought this was something that was gonna, you know, within a few days was gonna have a solution. But I don't think no one realizes that SM for SM the solution was you're out of the group. That I didn't think the eight, other eight girls and Jessica thought this was going to be the final solution. Um, and I do agree that I don't think all eight members were like we want her out of the group. You know we want Jessica. We don't you know we want you to just choose girls' generation and if not we want you out. Like we don't want you no more in the group. Because I as I'm not a girls' generation fan. I'm not a believer of the OT9. Like I never like. I, I like I can I know it was part of their you know like what attracted a lot of people to them and I understand it, and that's cool whatever but 
I didn't think, but I wouldn't think that all eight of them would be like, I want you out of the group. And so I think the fact that she kind of said it in her, in both the times that uh, she wrote online, you know, it gives that, it kind of gives that image that they did say that. And that's really hurting the other eight girls. So I just feel like there's just so much miscommunication and like, because so many things were based on, just based on feelings alone, that a lot of things were not said as if they should have been. And I also don't believe that the girls crying was fake. Um, with Taeyeon, also I agree that it's something more of her crying about her image. Uh, I mean, not her, like her image and the Sonia Shide's image because that's pretty much gone now. The whole OT9, the whole being number one and no one can be, we are better than everyone else. Like, not better, but like, you know, we're just up there that no one can compete. And so, I don't know. I mean, I feel like everyone's just have some slight wrong. They're all kind of wrong in a way, but no one's like no one is fully in the right, but no one's fully in the wrong. You know, it's like I think there was just a little bit of everything on each side. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I'm not really a big SNSD fan. But I did, you know, I was a big supporter of them re-signing their contract. I thought it said a lot. Uh, I I didn't even follow the release of her company, but I do know that she is the CEO of her company, and I know that there's going to be a lot of people who say, oh, well, this person was acting and doing this, this person was acting and doing this. Those That is not their own schedule. Maybe that is something that they want to do, but their label is allowing them and is, in a lot of times, setting them up to do that. SM has no handle on Blanc, and people need to keep that in mind. Wherever she decides to take this company, it has nothing to do with SM. It is literally a way for her to set up her life in the future. Um, out and, and clearly it is what she wants to do, and there's nothing wrong with doing what you want to do. But people need to understand that when you make a business and your business is going to profit off of your previous accolades, whoever helped you get those accolades is going to have a problem with it, especially if they don't have any handle in what you do, what your schedules are. Um, she hasn't, you know, her sticking point is she hasn't neglected her duties yet. And yet, I mean, before this scandal... I can't tell you how many SSD posts I went through on Amona, how many netizens have said it. Like, she doesn't try, ever. She she has not even give any... She hasn't tried at all. She didn't try at all for I Got a Boy. Um, there's tons of videos of her just clearly not even into it when they're doing the dance. She's not putting in the same amount of work. And people are quick to defend her and say, oh, maybe, maybe she has back problems, maybe she has neck problems. I get that. I understand your point. I also understand the point that eight other girls did it, and you not doing it made you stand out. There's other girls in that group who can't dance. I'm sorry. There's other groups in that. There's other girls in that group that struggle to dance just as much as you do. I'm sorry. You can't use that excuse. I I don't. I, I'm always the person who doesn't think that one person not being able to do it should 
give them a pass when there's other people that are dealing with the exact same thing, and especially in the idol world, the exact same thing. I understand that some people have more issues going on with them. I get that. I don't remember ever hearing about Jessica having a documented neck, uh, you know, problems or documented back problems. She's she for what everything that I've seen and for everything that she said, she's always been able to. Um, meet her schedules and do her duty and yet somehow some way she's always put in less effort than other people to the point where everybody used to make fun of her for it and it was a big joke but if you think about it in the grand scheme of things how much would it suck to work with somebody like that who is so popular and yet they don't try that's frustrating especially in a group where choreography is a big deal for them they have organized choreography and yet SNSD is notorious for messing up a lot do they own it and like make jokes out of it? Sure, and that's fine, but is that good for their image? I don't know. Do I necessarily think it's going to break them? No, but I could see why the other girls in there who work really hard, who put in the time to do all of this choreo would be upset that somebody wasn't doing it. Um, the other thing that's worth pointing out is Jessica said she wanted out before. It wasn't that long ago that Jessica wanted out and that she talked about how she thought about leaving a bunch, and she thought about being out of SM, she thought about not being a member of SNSD. It's not like this is a topic that's never been broached for her, and I find it hard to believe that... I, I find it hard to believe sincerity in everything that she said, and maybe it's because... You know, I'm sure there's going to be people that say it's because I don't like SNSD and because Jessica isn't one of my favorite members or whatever. It's not even just that. It's the fact that she does not put the same amount of time in as everybody else. And now she is moving on to doing a different thing. She's moving on to have her own company, and I don't shame her for that. You're fine to do what you want to do, but to not realize that there are consequences of your actions, I don't agree with. She is taking a huge role in having her own business, and she is painting herself completely like the victim, and yet... She was going to make it, she was maybe going to make it on time to their schedule after coming from New York where she was with Tyler Kwan and they were going to show up in China potentially late, not with the other girls. They, she wasn't going to make it on time with them, clearly. And she was going to go to this schedule with who knows how much sleep she got, you know? Well, to be fair, that. That I believe she landed at 4 a.m. on the 29th. I think that schedule is wrong. That timeline. When I saw, she landed the day before they left on the 30th. So. From what I saw, she landed the day of. That's what I heard. That she landed day of. I heard they spotted her in NYC the day before, and she landed the day of, which would make sense because that's a long trip. But either way. She wasn't there for the practices leading up to that fan meeting. And I know people always come to this point where they say, well, she's been in the group so long, she doesn't need to be at all the fan meet or the, all the practices and things like that. But that also is part of what bothers me because I bet the other girls were there. And if they weren't, it's probably because they had a schedule that was set by their company. Their company isn't going to judge. You're not going to get judged for your company telling you, hey, I need you to go do this. Hey, Sonny, you need to be at this radio show. Sorry, you got to miss practice. She's not going to get judged for that because it's her company that's put her in this position. It's not to say she doesn't like it, but she's put there. Jessica is out on her own, furthering her own agenda, 
I can understand why that would upset people. I do completely agree that it was probably them saying you have to pick between us and Blanc. I bet that statement was made, and I totally agree that it was in just the heat of the moment. Like, we're so mad, and we can't come to a, a thing, and we're just we're angry, and we're going to say something stupid. And I bet not everybody agreed, but I bet some people were quiet. You have nine girls in one room. I don't believe for a second everybody's opinion was the same. I'm sorry. You can't convince me of that. Um, and from what they've said before, when they fight, they fight. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not pretty. For, I mean, they've talked about it before that they've had huge blowouts, and I cannot say that this would not be. Like, I mean, as much as I love Jessica, if I was dating someone and it blew up in my face and she got to deny that she was dating someone and got to go in her life, I'd be a little angry. If I then found out that uh, we both signed a three-year contract, and well, obviously all of them are planning on at some point doing individual activities. I find out that somebody's only planning on being with us for eight months and then doing individual activities. I'd be even more angry. And then I find out that even if she's like, I love her to death, and I know she isn't thinking about going to school until next fall. But if I find out that she went and look is looking at schools, and I'm still stuck doing stupid dances for a, a group that I love, but I probably am like a little like tired of right now, and I want to break from them and I don't get that, I'd be very livid. <laughs> now, not to say that three days later I wouldn't be like, all right, I was angry at you, I'm sorry, it, I didn't mean it. But I can't, like, SM would use that in a heartbeat because then the heat comes off of them and it becomes a girl's generation versus Jessica thing and they don't have to take any of the heat from it. They just have to lose the money and they're used to losing the money. So, Right, and I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I also... I'm inclined to believe that in the heat of the moment, Jessica might... The, a, a key point for me in this whole thing was that SM said Jessica left in the middle of them being in this whole dispute, right? I completely believe that that could have happened. Do I believe that they had no way to contact her after that? No, I don't believe that for a second. Are you kidding me? It's 2014. Are you serious? I'm not going to lie. If I was Jessica and I got told, no, no, it's fine. No, no, you can do this. Oh, well, we're kicking you out. I'd turn my cell phone and I'd be like, screw you guys. You take this. I ain't talking to you. Mm-mm. Right. But I don't believe that. I don't believe that she would have done that for very long because no. because it's SSD, because it's her career. And if she <laughs> truly loves them as much as she says she does, which I do believe that she loves that group, she just... I don't think she could leave her phone off long enough to not call them. I this just the only logic I can find in this is this is a big gang of game of chicken that went horribly wrong and they ended up having to call it a day. Like it's a game of chicken that the two people playing it collided essentially. Yep. You know, it's nobody pulled away. Well. No. Yeah. So, um, I think this is one of those situations where it's a lot of it's a lot of crossed information. People are saying things, people are leaving things out, and it's very important to remember that in this circumstance, Jessica's not going to tell us everything. I don't care how much you like somebody, they are not going to give us the 100% truth. Anybody who believes that we live in this world where we're going to get the 100% truth from a party that could potentially be guilty, please, don't don't be childish. It's not, it's not a thing that happens. Nobody is 100% truthful anymore in this world because it's too easy to hide things when they're not being recorded. It's too easy to put your truth out there, put your truth with quotes out there, and have your fans believe it. This is a situation where SM 
I feel has had has been forced to react to uh, a game of chicken, like you said. And their solution was to paint not only Jessica's the bad guy, but make sure that everybody knew the other eight girls were in it too. Jessica played perfectly into that hand and painted the other eight girls as the guilty party just as much as SM. I think that in the grand scheme of things, this is an issue between SM and Jessica more than it is anybody else. Um, Am I saying that I don't think the girls had a part? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm sure they were mad. I'm sure that was a real fight. I'm sure it happened. I would even be inclined to believe that Jessica ran off to New York after it happened to go continue doing her business stuff because she has a business. She can't just say, oh, I'm upset. I can't go anywhere. I'm inclined to believe that. I am not inclined to believe that they had no way of contacting her during that time. I am not inclined to believe that the girls were honest in saying they wanted her out of the group. Um... Do I think if she had, if this had happened after her missing schedules, I think it would be so different. I think if they had gone and done something and she didn't show up or she was late or something like that because of her other circumstance, they ha- they would have that proof that she was more dedicated to her business than she was the group. And I think it's hard to be the CEO of something and just a member of another thing. I'm sorry. I, I think that's really a difficult thing to manage in the world of K-pop where your schedules are not your own to choose. Um, so I think that this is a huge misunderstanding that has turned into the biggest scandal of the year. A giant really. crack of crap. Right. And I totally no agree FX with you. They wanted the subunit. I totally agree with you, though, that wanted it. they would have made so much more money in doing a farewell tour, letting people know that she was leaving, um, you know, letting her remain a member of Girls' Generation, but they're going to continue on without her because she's doing something else. If she was really getting married, why not put it as a show? Right. I agree you know with how you. much that would promote the OT9 if they were her eight bridesmaids and she was getting married and it was showing them as unified even though she's leaving to get married? Like, you know how good that would have been for Girls' Generation's image, especially if you're going to continue on as eight? Ugh! Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that JYP and the Wonder Girls proved that you can support the person who's leaving for their own thing and still have it go well because people respected Sunyi. It's, and it's not like they're understood. a new new girl group. It's not like their fandom. I mean, clearly this whole year has shown that this their fandom is ready to accept that they're having relationships. I mean, yeah. I th- I honestly think the reason they hid that, uh, if they're going to acknowledge everybody else's goddamn dating scandal, including one where. Hyoyeon's beating on somebody that they're going <laughs> to deny Jessica's is because I really do think that there are marriage talks. I honestly think Tyler does not want to get married, but Jessica's always wanted to get married. Like that's always been one of her like things that she's like looks forward to when she gets older is that she wanted to get married. So I think that was one of the reasons of hiding it because they don't know they they know that the the fandom is ready for dating, but they didn't know if the fandom was ready for marriage. But at the same time, it's just like ugh. They're 25 and 26 years old. How many average Koreans get married at 25 and 26 years old? Most of them are married by the time they're 29. Like, you cannot tell me that the fandom is not expecting this. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on board with this. Um, I actually thought I was going to have more negative things and play the fence. I do think that um, the way they reacted and handled the situation, um, I, I think that people are holding... SM more guilty than they should. I'm not saying that the company is wrong or right, um, but in a situation where Jessica puts out this statement, doesn't show up to this 
you know, uh, fan meeting, I think that they did, she put SM in a position where they could only do one of two things: either they were gonna fold to her and make themselves look weak, or they were going to kick her out and follow through, right? The issue, and the reason I bring this up, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, why didn't they just fold to Jessica? SM is a very big label. They have a lot of acts. They have a lot of people on that label, and they've never folded for anybody. The idea of them folding is ridiculously stupid. I'm sorry. It's not. I don't think they thought do. they would have to. I, fi- I think that they yeah, honestly exactly. thought that Jessica would fold because it's stupid of her not to, just like right. it's stupid of them not to. Right, it's stupid for both of them to not fold, but there was no way that SM would fold. You can't. They're a they're a giant business. They, in the grand scheme of things, know that while they're gonna lose money, they're still gonna have SNSD. SNSD is still gonna promote. SNSD is still gonna win. SNSD is still gonna be at the top. They're just not as far away as they used to be because we broke them. Because or because they broke. Right, they broke that OT9. They broke that angel image that they had, where even though that they had these dating scandals, they were still together. They were still nine. They broke that, and it's done. You can't fix that at this point. Even if, even you know, all these people want Jessica to come back. What's going to happen if she it. comes back? It's not going to matter. They're not OT9 anymore because they yeah. kicked her out. And that's what she said. That's what SM has made it clear, basically. She got kicked out. That's it. She's gone. Deal with it. It's over. There's no point in fighting with it. There's no point in making all these petitions. Maybe If it makes you feel better, I guess. But it's not going to do anything. And I'm sorry, but it's not. You're just you're delaying the inevitable. At and this the inevitable point, she would just be do. unhappy. Right, exactly. You, like, you can't tell me if you them? genuinely feel, because I, I 100% think that Jessica thinks it's the other girls that kicked her out. Like, you don't write a statement like that when you love those other girls unless you 100% think that they're the cause. You can't tell me putting her back in that group is going to make her happy. She's going to be surrounded by people she can't trust. You don't right. think that's going to show on stage? Right. So, I don't know. They got put in a position where they can't do anything. Um, I think people have a hard time admitting that, but that's that's the end of it. They're put in this position where they had to pull a trigger. Um, and the trigger was kick Jessica out of SNSD. I mean, it's crazy that it came to this. It's crazy that there was no drama before it. It was just she was gone. And she's still on SM. She's going to be stuck now. She's going to be in the basement unless she pulls a contract. Right. Which, depending on how her contract is worded, she might be able to. But. Yeah, it depends on how they signed up. And I saw people saying that, you know, oh, Tyler Kwan's a rich businessman. Why doesn't he just buy her contract? He's you not as rich things. as people seem to make him out to be. Well, not just that. You can't buy things that aren't for sale. Yeah. You think SM's going to sell Jessica's contract? Please. If they Please. sell Jessica's contract, then Crystal has no inclination to stay. Yeah. Like, I feel like the reason they released, that, <laughs> they released that statement... <laughs> of we're going to support Jessica's uh, solo activities. They have no intention of giving her anything solo. Like, let's be honest. SM's going to throw her in the basement. That statement to me felt more like a warning to Crystal. Your group's already on the fritz. You want to, like, say anything about your sister leaving? You want to pretend that this isn't okay, that you're not okay with this? Watch what we'll do to you. Like, yeah. that's what that came across to me. Because, like, three days later, they're like, oh, yeah, Crystal's fine. Crystal has no problem. She's recording. La, 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 la. She's happy. Like, that was the first thing that came out of Crystal's rep's mouth. Like, no, no, she's good. Don't worry about it. I'm not causing any drama. 
Like, and you can't tell me that she's not upset that her sister is being kicked out so publicly and so humiliatingly and so much that it's very clearly that's not something that she wants. You can't tell me that that wouldn't, like, hurt you as a sister. Yeah. And the, the last thing that I want to point out, and this is further, this is all the proof for me that I needed in that it's clearly, I don't think the girls expected this, not this reaction. Um, they, uh... When they went to perform at this fan meeting, that was directly after announcing that Jessica was gone, they didn't sing her parts, they didn't dish her parts out, they were clearly unprepared for her to not be there. Um, in most groups, when a member leaves and you know that they're leaving, eventually that part is filled. The exception being 2 p.m., and I think that that was more them holding on to this. Um, we didn't want her. We didn't want Jake on. Um, this is like a bad turn of circumstances. And you know they did the whole doing the performance with the light on the spot where he should be and everything. That is symbolic to we didn't want this member to actually be gone, and we're stuck with this situation. Girls' Generation and the way it was worded, the way Jessica made it sound, is that they already decided to kick her. If that was true, why would they leave her spots open in the song? Why would they all look so sad? Why would none of them do her part? If in the in the future when SSD performs, they're gonna sing over Jessica's part. They're gonna dish her parts out and sing over it, just like mm -hmm. every other group in the whole world. When you lose a member, you've replaced their parts. Even 2 p.m. at this point replaced Jay's parts. That's what you do. SNSD was not prepared to do that. I don't buy for a second that they expected her, they expected this to happen because they've even shown that when you have a member who's not going to be there for a schedule, they'll sing over their part. Taemin yeah. sings over Jonghyun's part, or Onu will take part of his parts. They split it. They're ready. They know that it's happening. They were not prepared for this, and nobody sang her parts. And you Did can't you tell me that they're no. going to film like an MV and create a song and do the choreo for a subunit uh, and then kick her out. Yeah, exactly. So, And I think people aren't looking at that. They're just like, oh my god, SM's so evil. <laughs> and they're just they're losing their mind and SM's just such an evil company and that's it. And there's no other circumstance other than that. She's being bullied and SM are bullies and bully, bully, bully and that's it. I just don't agree. I think that this is a matter of miscommunication, things said in the heat of the moment, and we're stuck in this position where we lost a group. A very important group to K-pop as a whole and um, it's 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 sad. I mean, it's honestly sad as a fan of this music industry that we don't have this group the way I remember it. I mean, I came when I came in the pop, to K-pop, it was like it was either just before G or right around the same time as G. So as long, pretty much as long as I've known K-pop, the girl group I knew was SNSD. I wasn't a fan, but I knew them. They've always been there. Like, they were the staple that never changed. They had an image. They were these pristine girls. They were always together. They had a sisterhood from what the out... Like, if you were just a casual fan, they were they were so together. And now it's like, there are... I have to deal with the fact that there are people who are going to come into this fandom and never know SNSD. Like, when we get five years out, there's going to be people who don't know who SNSD are right off the bat. At least not in the way we knew them. They're not going to know OT9. There's going to be people who don't know Jessica in the future. 
that's crazy. I never imagined that would be a thing. It's, it never crossed my mind. It would be like, for me, because I, I have to take it to a group that I know, it would be like if we moved in the future and there was... Um, there, like, Big Bang was still doing stuff, but there were Big Bang fans that didn't know who, like, Taeyang was. I'd be like, how do you not know who that is? Because he's always been there, but what if he left, you know? If, if he was out of the group, it's the same idea. It's such a staple for that group. And obviously, it's a smaller group. It's not the same. But the point is that Jessica is a staple. When you think of SSD, people think of Jessica first. Or they think of Tiffany, Jessica. Or, you know, they're, like, especially on the Western side, it was like, Hyoyeon, Tiffany, Jessica, always popular and Sunny was popular over here so the idea that and then China loves Jessica she's not there anymore she's not a member of SNSD we might never see her perform again that it's crazy it's a crazy landscape to be in oh I just want to make a slight correction because uh, I'm just like searching Blanc right now um, the thing is not in China but in Hong Kong I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, Hong Kong. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. I don't want to apologize because you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I apologize. Um, yeah, Hong Kong. Sorry. Which is apparently like blowing up right now as we speak. Not actually blowing up. It's just shit is going down and hitting the fan real hard there. Yes. Um, I really doubt that we have a bunch of listeners from Hong Kong, but please, any listeners that are from Hong Kong. Uh, please stay safe. I know that it's very dangerous over there right now. There's a lot going on. Um, if you are listening to us from Hong Kong, uh, I apologize also for saying China when I meant Hong Kong, and I definitely hope you are safe and um, very careful because I know it's dangerous out there. Uh, if nobody has anything else for the Jessica thing... Um, other than a broken, bleeding heart, no. Yes, other than a broken. Um, I do, I do want to stress the point. Like, this isn't the circumstance we wanted. I think anybody wanted SSD to come to. I wanted a Shinwa. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I, I think we're all in the same boat. Where I wanted even, DBSK. Even if you're a huge fan of SSD or you're not a huge fan of SSD, the last thing you wanted was for this outcome. Um, this is the worst outcome that I could have imagined aside from like half the group leaving, you know. Um, so, I mean, you're losing a staple. It's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, I'm far from being a Girls' Generation fan, really. But, um, but to me, but as long as I've been into K-pop, they've always been there, the nine of them. And so, even despite the fact that my own favorites went through their issues and went through their like members leaving and stuff like that, you know. To me, this is just more unbelievable, unbelievable than you know my faves. You know, having their those things with them, because you always, because after after so many years, after seven years, you just got this image that girl generation will always be there, and if for some whatever reason they do decide to, you know, no longer be girl generation, you always thought that it was going to be like. They all left together and they all went their separate ways together. Like it wasn't like this type of situation would have never crossed anybody's mind. So for it to happen, it's just like it's kind of it's just very unbelievable to be honest. They were untouchable. I mean, I love Jessica and I love Seo Hyun and I do like some of their music, but I mean, it's just it's crazy. Like 
every other group is falling apart, but this was a group I never expected in a million years would succumb to the curse and the mole of SM. Um, it's just... Ugh. Need more vodka. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I do feel bad for all the SNC fans out there. Um, I, I really hope that there's some kind of closure for you guys. Um, I know if I was in your shoes, if it happened to my group, I would want closure. Um, I would want to know really what happened, uh, and I know we're not going to get it. And I do, I do feel bad. Um, I have expressed my not fandom of SS, SNSD a ton on this podcast, but I genuinely do feel bad. Um, I don't, I don't truly hate any group. Uh, unless you have like an awful racist or some a lot of them, you know, I'm not gonna drag a bunch of people for one person who's bad. I'm not gonna. Beast. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna sew a whole you know group bad for one member that's stupid. Uh, if you have a few members that are dumb, I'll, I'll get you. But like beast. Yes, but I've only <laughs> heard bad about like Taeyeon really in terms of being racist or uh, saying ignorant things. Um, and I already don't like her, so that's fine. I'm cool with that. Um, but I do feel bad for I do feel bad for the fans, um, and I, I genuinely do hope you get some kind of closure in this. Um, moving on from that, since we're we're pretty much at the longest show ever, I don't actually know if that's true. I don't think it's our longest show ever. Um, in the corner of things that people probably will never care about, um, it is worth noting because it's it is important, and I think that people don't realize how big this thing is. Um, there is a very popular video game. It is called League of Legends. Um, some of your idol opars play this game, uh, but more importantly than that, Korea is one of the few countries that actually puts real attention to this game as a whole and treats it as um, the moniker that they have given it, which is eSports, which is electronic sports. Um, the World Finals last year were won by a Korean team. It was a very big deal. It is a million-dollar tournament, meaning the grand prize first place is a million-dollar split across five players and obviously their staff and things like that, but a million dollars for a video game. Um, and in honor of winning, the finals are being held in Korea this year. Um, the semifinals are being held in Busan, and the finals are being held in Seoul. Uh, it's a very big deal. They put on a lot of spectacular things for it. Um, often at the Korean shows, idols have performed there, so that's not to say that that's going to happen this time, but you never know. Um, but it is a big deal. Uh, and there are three Korean teams, and that's why I'm bringing it up, because there are three Korean teams competing in this last bracket stage. Um, Samsung White is playing an American team called Team Solo Mid, and they defeated them in the first round of the quarterfinals. Um, tonight, as of this podcast, there is Samsung Blue, which is the sister team, playing another NA team called Clown9. There is also... Uh, the last Korean team is Najin White Shield, and they are playing OMG, which is a Chinese uh, team. So it's kind of a big deal. Um, obviously, not everybody's going to freak out about it, but there are a lot of 
a lot of people who do play this game, it's very, very popular. It is overtaken StarCraft in all things in Korea, including and not limited to their time on OGN, which is a network that is literally devoted to gamers. Um, so it is a big deal. Um, people really undersell it. It really is huge right now. Um, so I thought I would just bring it up um, as as we do the podcast since there's two more weeks to till it's over. Um, I will talk about it. I'm, I'm not going like, to go into it, but I will say who won just in case a Korean team wins. You might see people tweet about it. Um, I don't know how, how big it is, but it'll be interesting to see if it does get mentioned. Um, but it's kind of cool, uh, it, and it's free. You can watch it if you want, um, but it's on Korean time. So. I just thought I'm surprised Toshi isn't there with, with like his Justice for Jessica t-shirt sobbing as he's like, he has League of Legends. Oh, <laughs> this has to be like the worst week for him ever. He's probably like having like roller coasters of emotions. Like, no, my favorite is gone. Yes, my team is winning. No. <laughs> so sad. So sad. It's going to kill me. Um, like the third podcast. I'm like, your life sucks this week. Huh? Oh, my God. You're you're just you're killing people right now, dude. I'm, I don't know. I'm the greatest person to be friends with. Y'all should realize. Don't be friends with me. It's when did not you get so vicious? Probably uh, elementary is there anything school. Else? Started with Skippo. <laughs> Skippo serious business in my family. I don't even know what Skippo is. What's Skippo? You, what? Uh, all right, we can't talk no more. Skippo is a card game with the numbers, and then you have to like play with teams, and then you get rid of all your cards, and then you make fun of the people who lose. I've never heard of that. Neither have I, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't need gotcha. to catch up on your white people card games, alright? I'm, I'm sorry, we don't play white people card games here. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless there's anything else you guys want to bring up before we close out the show. Uh, I just want to say I love Teen Top, I love 2PM. Please don't come after me. That's <laughs> Everybody knows, okay? <laughs> Hashtag everybody knows. I love Team Top. I love everybody Team knows, yes. <laughs> I just want to put that out. This is why I didn't want to talk about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's nope. going to come after you. <sighs> Done. It's over. Your turn. Oh, man. I can't wait. Finally, not me. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. I haven't read the latest comments or anything, so I don't know because I kind of talked about Tiara. Not in the, not really bad, but you know. Oh, we all ragged on Tiara. You're fine. You if go. anybody's gonna be mad, if anybody's gonna get heat, it probably won't be you because we all got involved. So it'll probably be me. It's <laughs> alright. I'm on Team Tiara this year, so we're good. Tiara for new SNSD. That's my that's my new goal. I'm going to make oh, it happen. I forgot you want to ruin the whole 2014. I remember now. Yes, if I ruin the whole year, then we can call it quits, and then we can reverse all decisions made in 2014 and, and just call it, like, a redo year. Make 2015 redo 2014. So, justice for Tiara. I don't think that's how it works, but let's do it. I'll, I'll believe you. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, before we get more people to hate us, um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash not your average netizens. Uh, we are also on Twitter um, at uh, NYA netizens. Um, we are also on Tumblr. That's what gets used the most. Uh, not your average netizens.tumblr.com. 
You can listen to our podcast directly on soundcloud.com slash notyouraveragenetizens. And we are also on iTunes. Um, if you search Not Your Average Netizens, you will come across us. Please subscribe, um, rate us, leave comments. It means a lot. Uh, I, I haven't checked recently, but if I do check and I'm hosting, I will bring up your comment. So good or bad, you know, we'll talk about it. It'll get addressed. Um, any comments or concerns or questions, you can send to uh, notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com. You can also send all of my hate mail there. Um, and Shannon's uh, love mail because everybody loves her even though she hates everything. <laughs> awesome. Um, but uh, if there's nothing else, we're going to get out of here. It's kind of late and I want to go get drunk and forget about SNSD for a little while. <laughs> okay, I guess. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye.